Welcome back to another episode of Red Jacks On. Today I'm going to be your host, Sirhan. And with me, Charlie. <laughs> and me, Rick. And me, Fraser. <gasps> whoop, whoop! Yeah, boy! <laughs> so today's episode is a little bit um, inspired from Rickish. It's nothing to do with you, by the way. Don't worry. <laughs> Oh no! Okay. It is rich. <laughs> 1992 summer, the world stopped. No, so uh, Rikesh done an episode on Quentin Tarantino, as we all know, because we were there, and I'm sure we've all listened to it at least ten times each. Put it on our likes and subscribe, yep. of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Downloaded and everything. You know, post it to my mom. So today's episode was something that I actually mentioned. That potty is today's episode is on the director and writer Edgar Wright. Ooh, interesting. Okay. 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 So I've made um, just a little list and description of his, like, sort of his main sort of filmography, is what I would call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that correct, though? And just some of his work and just a little bit of trivia at the end. Is it filmography? Nice. Because discography makes sense for an artist, but I don't think filmography is the right thing. Because I think filmography is is like the way it's shot, isn't it? All right. Hold on. Hold on. Google. Google. No, no. We're going to fucking Google Google right now. All right. No, cinematography. Filmography. I swear there's filmography. Oh, no, maybe. Yeah. A list of films by one director, actor, or one subject. Boom. That's it then, yeah. Nice, nice. I did fucking film at uni. (laughs) I didn't really know that. (laughs) Minus one point for Charlie. Oh, I, I think it's, is, it, is it movieology? Is it's movieology? Is it the pictures? Have you ever had someone say that to you? you ever to tell someone, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not bagging on anyone, but I've had like, oh, like when I had older, much older neighbours, I just went to cinema. Like, oh, how was the pictures? And I was like, the first time I heard that, I was like, what? Yeah. What do you, what do you mean? My whole family used to call it the pictures. We always used to like mm-hmm. go down to the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> there was only five pictures per film it was just the moving pictures <laughs> I still remember the first time I showed my mum a song and it was just it was just a like song. a SoundCloud song but no not a song but it was like a song that was edited like in a this like kind music? of the record scratch the record scratch sort of style so it'd be like a pick it pick it pick it and that kind of like thing and it was on Spotify. It was digital. She, her natural reaction was like, "Oh, is 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 the LP jumping or something? Is, is the needle kind of rocking oh, or something?" Bless. Oh, bless. Right. So we But I love that she knows it. She listens to music on YouTube. Like she's in touch enough. But it was just that that was her reaction to be <laughs> like, um, it's, "It's scratching. Something must be wrong." I'm like, "No, mum, it's edited that way. It's done on purpose." <laughs> <laughs> so uh yes filmography of edgar wright so um before i jump in what what do we kind of know at what have we experienced of this director slash writer well the uh do trilogy in it Did you do oh yeah. yeah 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 it's trilogy kick ass yeah yeah god that's already kick-ass, a great lineup all... mm-hmm. did um baby driver as well didn't he yes he did kingsman he did great Great film. No, he didn't do Kingsman. Oh. Did Scott Pilgrim? Did he? Yeah, yeah Scott Pilgrim, but Ooh. not. Yeah, not not Kingsman. I think. I know we're talking about different. Well, when Rickish was talking about Quentin Tarantino, like we all got different like 
directors that I would still love to talk like I would even love to touch on like Christopher Nolan that one of my friends Ali was mentioning was like talk about the, like the, the Dark Knight trilogy and all his other films I'm like yeah that mm. makes sense but I was like like Tarantino has that stamp on all of his movies that flavor and that theme and style I was like Edgar Wright definitely has his own and he deserves it you know it's not a director I really sit back and think about too often but when I like you guys just mentioned a couple of films top of your head you're like oh damn Mm. that's already that's already good enough mm. for me yeah yeah he is a very good director I, lo- I like the way he shoots his films he's very mm. good yeah 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 when you yeah. see his name come up on the, on the trailer you're instantly a bit more like oh okay it's a bit yeah, yeah it's a bit like tarantino you're like oh okay i've got to watch this now yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's very like i would i would go for the director um more than necessarily just what the the, the story of the film is even though i, I have full faith in it mm. Right then, so we'll start with his first sort of debut film, and this is a film that he made, it was a sort of a fan-made, not fan-made film, sort of like a homemade film, at 18 years old, uh, in 1993, uh, in his local hometown slash village, and it's called Dead Right, and Dead Right is a low-budget or more precisely, no budget, 40-minute crime, horror, action, comedy. Already sounds like Edgar Wright. Yeah. And Edgar Wright's <laughs> first directorial. It was filmed in 92 and 93 in his hometown of Wells, England, when Wright was only 18. He wrote, edited, produced, directed, shot the movie, and recorded the sound. It is right, a did you say Bright- Wales, England? <laughs> Wells. Not Wales. Wales. I was going to say, I was like, w- what? Where is he from there? <laughs> Yeah, W E L L is a region of, of. It's all right. Sorry. It's, it's my poor hearing. Microphone. Sorry. It's your poor hearing. Get the, get the fuck out. What? Sorry? What? What'd you say? Button? Tonight. Sorry about tonight. You. <laughs> your mic so, is a bit loud, Charlie. I don't mine, know if it's. Mine. Yeah. Okay. Who? Charlie or me? It's, no, Charlie. Oh, I don't think Charlie's a little bit. He's quite muffly. Is that He's always better? like. Oh, yeah, it's a bit good. better because it's that kind of very like, oh, and then I'm like, oh, 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 they're saying this, and I'm like, what, what are you saying? Yeah, yeah, cool. I was born yeah. in the microphone. <laughs> 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 right, so uh, he wrote, edited, produced, directed, shot the movie, and recorded the sound. It is a Zucker Brothers style comedy that parodies the action thriller genre, most notably the series. Dead Right was the working title for the original Dirty Harry. Do you know the film Dirty Harry with mm. Clint Eastwood? Yeah. Yep. You know the whole like memeable sort of quote of like, "Do you feel lucky, punk?" Yeah. Even though he doesn't say it yeah. like that. That that's that's Dirty Harry. My dad loves that film. Mm-hmm. The film is shot on, and I had to look into the acronym because I was like, I've forgotten. It was shot on SVHS Super Video. I didn't even oh, know wait, they say it one more time. The, v- yeah, the, the video, video VHS. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, 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 <laughs> Sorry, carry on. I don't hold three weeks at a time and you do it in favor. What? Yeah, thought so. Thought so. Put it down, boys. Put it down. I'll leave the room. 
I think when you get excited, your internet <laughs> starts acting up. You can't it does, it. yeah. You can't handle it. No, seriously, say that acronym again. <laughs> catch it. Um, SVHS. Yep. What does it stand for? Super Video Home System. Oh, okay. That is actually the first time we've heard it, go. for real. <laughs> you broke up every time. Really? Okay, okay. And then we just started up. interrupting you. you. You said something else before as well, but like... um. You said like Zucker Brothers or something like that. I I think it's just Zucker Brothers must be like a type of film like the brothers that produce it. So it's kind of saying like it's taken from that theme. I haven't had time to look into every link. Oh, fair. So uh, Zucker Brothers must be. You can Google it as I go. Back me up. Support me. Yeah. You know, be I'll a look. team. Okay, we've already got listeners. I don't need three others. Oh, you said team. They're more prepared, sir. <laughs> Selfish prick. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I printed this. Can you? Okay. Okay. So it's kind of like I think when they say Zucker Brothers, it's like spoof horror. You know, like scary movie and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. That's its own genre. It has its own name. Um. No. It's Zuck- not Zucker name, Brothers. Uh. David Zucker and Jerry Zucker. David and Jerry. Yeah, they're oh, actually okay. directors. Yeah, okay. it produced it so much okay. that they they've yeah they've kind of not created the genre, but I think they've owned it in in the in the modern world of like the whole spoof style comedy. So you can really call it. It's like saying you know it was like a Tarantino style film. It kind of feeds yeah. the same themes. Mm. Oh my god, he did Ant Man as well. So he, shit. He, he no, he hasn't. Man. We're gonna get into that. We're gonna. Oh, he what? didn't do Ant Man. Yes. <laughs> I must be wrong. Okay. I'm gonna no, I'm gonna touch on that. I'm gonna go deeper into that because that's something that will be very uh, relevant to us. But um yeah, so SVHS, don't ask me to repeat it, and contains an impressive cast of 70 actors, mostly amateur, mainly made up of right school friends and colleagues. Clips from the film were first broadcast on Takeover TV, the Channel 4 series consisting entirely of video clips sent in by viewers that also launched the careers of comedy duo Adam and Joe, which I don't know who they are. I'm really sorry, Adam uh, Adam and Joe. I'm, I'm really sorry. I don't know who you are. The story follows Maverick, D.I. Barry Stern, and his partner, D.I. Wait, stop. Let me stop. And <laughs> your internet is so bad. <laughs> You've done us a massive favour by hosting, but um, yeah, we can't understand what you're saying. Is it really, um, is turn it, off yeah, anything I'm else on the Wi-Fi? Dropping, or should... re... I thought you got new internet. I did. I've not had. A, you know, what? I never have a problem. Only when I do the potty with you guys, I do like six sessions a day, no issues. Or maybe they're just they... not telling you. I'm sitting there for like 45 minutes going, yeah, so let me tell you how to help you. And then you go... And they're just at the end like, thank you. Your, your <laughs> microphone your microphone is kind of peaking a little bit. I don't know if that... Like, it, it, it's fine for a few minutes, but then when it cuts out, it gets really fucking bad. And it usually cuts up when you're explaining shit. And it's like every other word. <laughs> we can cut all this. I'll keep it in. It'll be fun. No, it, no, it does say my internet is weak today. Oh. Ah. oh dear. Use your hotspot or something on your phone. Is your phone internet better? Yes. Yeah, right, let phone. me join you in my hotspot. Give me, give me a second. Give me a second. Wait, wait. Please Just don't join on your phone. Me. 
Rikesh, why did you don't still hotspot. Why did you start? Why did you stab the moustache? Let him have oh, his moustache, sir, and for fuck's sake. He's so I mean, happy. I put it on. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. Fucking... And it looks good, mate. You I look can't really handsome. Fucking internet I don't think he's actually... Me my moustache. I don't think he's actually here anymore. No, he's gone. <laughs> While he's gone, should we just bitch about him? So... <laughs> Can you imagine if he's just freezing? He's just like, wait, this, this is the moment. This is when they're, <laughs> they're all going to talk, gonna talk shit. I'm going to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> what a... <laughs> we got that. <laughs> <laughs> the deck is I'm back. I'm back. You're back. Everybody's back. But you threw the good Sir Han away. It's me. It's evil brother. Nah, rest. <laughs> it's because it's backwards. It's my name backwards. Oh, okay. Law. Makes more sense now. Right. Can you. So it's all smooth. We're back in the same room. He loves working with Simon yeah, Pegg, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. Simon Pegg's Nick Frost, just like the the the, yeah. the Trinity, the Trinity. The whole Indeed, Trinity. they are. He doesn't have a lot They're of good films, though, does he? He's not got a lot, but the ones he does have are strong. They're all strong mm. films. That can't be right. He hasn't just got six films, right? <laughs> right. So, what was the part that you guys? You no, was, no, no, no. He's, he's got more. He's got more than that. He was starting to explain something. The, the storyline, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was fucking ages ago. Is that when you got uh, like cut off from you guys? Yeah. So the Dead Right 1995 film. Mike. It cut up. No? <laughs> it's no! Kidding, <laughs> It did. Right, I'm joining on my phone. It's, it seems to happen when you get really close. Some of this game. No, it just keeps happening anyway. Yeah. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> well, how much time have you got left on this recording? Like, Can't be much. Probably like uh, <laughs> five minutes. <sighs> Can you pause no, it right and, then like re- and then restart it back up? Uh, yeah, I wonder if pausing actually helps. Okie dokie, right. That took way longer than I wanted it to. Okay. So, carry on, mate. Carry on. I can just about hear you guys, but it's okay. How about now? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can. It's just quiet. It's fine. I can hear you now. It's quiet, but I'll I'll deal with it. Sohan. Yes, Rikesh. Yes. Sohan, we can't hear you. I'm joking. Don't die. I'm joking. (laughs) Please don't go again. (laughs) Right. For the third time, Dead Right 1993. The story of this film follows Maverick D.I. Barry Stern and his by-the-book partner D.I. Mike Tite which already sounds hilarious. As they investigate a serial killer in a small Somerset community with a blend of humor and satirical elements, the film features a mix of absurd scenarios, including disguises, a serial obsessed killer. And by the word serial, I mean the food cereal, (laughs) an army of serial box men, again, the food and a climactic showdown. As the film 
Unexpected twists and comedic moments lead to a chaotic and explosive finale, leaving D.I. Barry Stern reflecting on his disillusionment with the police force. Martin Freeman's in this. Very familiar in his filmography already from day one. Yeah. Wow. Martin Freeman. Wow. (laughs) What? Is he? Yeah. Get Martin Freeman from. He's in he's in the cast for this film. Is he? Yeah. But dead right. Oh damn. You know research him in this thing. They're not showing him on IMDB. No. Hmm. There's a guy called Martin Curtis. Yeah, there is. <laughs> Martin Freeman's. <laughs> okay. Maybe, not. Maybe I'm Dead being right. lied to. Carry on. So yeah, that was his first debut film that he filmed in Somerset in the town that he was born in at 18 years old. And he got it televised. Never heard of it, obviously. Never watched it, obviously. But uh, for 40 minutes, I would watch that with you guys. Yeah. 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 I'd watch so it. Sounded fun. <clears throat> Sounds good. So his next film was only two years later, 1995. And if you guys know any spaghetti and westerns, this film is called A Fist Full of Fingers. <laughs> Probably like played on the, A Fist Full of Dollars. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? I didn't say anything. Playing on the words A Fist Full of Dollars. Uh, is in 95 and it's a low budget western parody the film follows the misadventures of a clueless gunslinger known as the sheriff set in a comical wild west landscape the sheriff finds himself caught up in a series of humorous and satirical satirical events offering a light-hearted take on the western genre showcasing Wright's early humor and penchant for genre parodies so you can kind of see that he had a very strong sense of self and direction that he kind of wanted to go into, but it was just basically kind of perfecting his technique and practicing through the time. And if he was 95, he would have been 20 in this next one. Mm. Wow. 90, I'm, so I'm just looking at this on IMDb, right? And there's like a, you know, he had like a crazy credits bit on IMDb. And you know how you, at the end of, in most films, they've got, you know, no animals are harmed in the making of this film or whatever, whatever. In this yeah. one, and for this film, the credits say no animals were harmed in the making of this film. They were all killed. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Get away with that now. Be riots. You get cancelled. <laughs> Literally, yeah. you get cancelled. Didn't do that. So, did he film a western in Britain? Um, I it didn't actually mention where he filmed it. I would imagine that he found okay. some open landscape and by 20 he might have moved on i know he like moved out of that village quite early on or that town because he wanted to go and expand I think it's still himself. in somerset i think it's still set yeah. in somerset still yeah somerset. that's so weird <laughs> yeah. that'd be strange to see a countryside, countryside cowboys <laughs> <laughs> yeah that actually seems fun as well to be honest we yeah. should have an Edgar Wright day, and then we should have a Tarantino day. <laughs> no, I would just like to, to go cleanse the palate. I would like to yeah. go backwards and forwards. I would like to watch like a Tarantino film and then an Edgar Wright film because I feel like too much of one or the other might do your head in. More Tarantino. <laughs> I think the amount of violence and blood it would you kind go of throw you off. <laughs> Nick Cage. Oh, oh, I'm a cat. Oh, oh. I'm a cat. <laughs> I'm such a cat. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I said, take a break. <laughs> Take a fucking sip of water. I'm sorry. I'm really, I'm really, really annoying mood today. I'm, I do apologize. It's okay. Really. The, the internet, the internet's already pissed me off as it is. So, um, you guys can keep pushing my buttons. Boop. Boop. <laughs> Push the red button. <laughs> I, was, I was watching. I was watching that the other day. Um. <laughs> Like it's so a movie. The, it's, it's, no, like I, a, I was, it's like a fucking two-minute fucking it, skit it, you did at school. But it popped up in something. I can't remember what it popped up in. Was it somewhere on my Google Drive or somewhere? And I was just going through, like, deleting stuff, or was it maybe on my phone? And I clicked, and like, da na 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 Push the red button. Boom. Ow. <laughs> da na 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 we, we need a drive space for all of these to go in. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so really funny do. to just have that pop up on the phone or... Don't be a mug or something like that. Don't be a mug. <laughs> Just that sound effect. Ding ding. <laughs> you know what? I still love. I still think the unedited version of all of those videos are much funnier because you see like someone like drop to the floor and then you just see someone going, <laughs> yeah. like trying to hold back the laugh that I'm holding the camera shaking. Please don't. I'm trying. <laughs> oh. So I take you. One year later, into the year of 96, which I was about five years old. So he was doing a lot with his life compared to me, even though he was 15 years older than me. But, uh, you know, you've done better. Excuses, sir, and excuses. Shut your goddamn dirty mouth, okay, Fraser? You shut your dirty mouth, okay? How dare you speak the truth at me? (laughs) I was trying, guys. So, you know, his film... Next is called Mash and Peas. At that point, I was eating the food. I wasn't filming the film. Okay, so we were close enough. Just add in some fish fingers and ketchup and I was there. But um, Mash and Peas at 1996. Again, another parody sketch show written by and starring Matt Luke Lucas and David uh, Williams. Their Ooh. first television work together. So this is how they kind of like started to work together. Mm. It originally wow. aired on Paramount Comedy 1 and Channel 4 between 96 and 97. The episodes were repeated before the channel's relaunch in 99. The program is made up of parodies of various television genres introduced by the childish and incompetent Danny Mash, who's Lucas, and Gareth Pease Williams. Edgar Wright directed and long-standing collaborator Paul Putner appeared throughout so he kind of brought this comedy duo to together and to light and we obviously know them in the yeah. uk heavily of uh of, of you know matt lucas and david williams that they had a what was their show called little britain little britain, little britain. i fucking mm. love little britain mm-hmm. that was a great show so cancelled okay. now <laughs> definitely yeah. not allowed now 100 100%, 100%. <laughs> i just always but i think but i think it kind of works both ways because you know like the guy in the wheelchair it could be seen as, oh, they're taking the piss of disabilities. But then when the guy turns his back, he's getting up and like fucking climbing trees, chasing things. And it's like, no, he's showing how competent he is. <laughs> it's inclusive. Like, it's inclusive. It's, it's showing him off. But I guess with that cancel culture, they'll be like, no, he's he's pretending. He's taking advantage. He's taking our benefits. And like, I oh, think if, if we try to find something to watch, I think we should tr- try and find that. Because you just reminded me of how like old those old comedy sketch shows were like they were mm-hmm. actually really funny i used to love watching those with my yeah. mom like yeah. um, same. Same. the That's mighty boosh t- and like yeah, oh, what, was the, uh, yeah. What, what was the other one 
Catherine Tate show. Lenny. Oh yeah. Am I bothered? You watch the Lenny Henry show as well. Back in the day. Lenny Henry show. Yeah. Lenny Henry oh show was God, fucking yeah. hilarious, man. So funny. I still that love show was Lenny so Henry. funny. I still love Lenny That's Henry. So I used to watch um was it the Vicar of Dibley? With Dawn French. Dawn French, yeah, yeah. That was, was that, that, Lenny that Henry? was an actual sitcom. No, that was mm. a, yeah, that was a sitcom. That was a sitcom itself. But that's when TV was more TV. You didn't lean into the internet. Internet was like uh, still generating. So I remember like Friday night or Saturday night TV. Like, I remember like Bruce Forsyth, like like TV shows and and stuff like that, and game shows. Game and shows sitting down and with stuff. a fan. Mm, yeah, oh, man. Crystal Maze, some... dude. Oh my god. Crystal Maze. Oh, that was... was such a good show. What was the one so in the good. desert? In that the sandy sort of one, they had to do like obstacles and shit like that. That's not Desperado. And they would have like tigers locked up in cages and shit. They would have to run through and that was know. Crystal Maze, wasn't it? Was that Crystal Maze? I don't know. The the t- I think they had tigers in Crystal Maze. They never they like, were. Fought they, they, that was always indoors though, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I just remember Sirhan had like Turkish cable, so yeah, <laughs> stolen cable. So they could have been watching Turkish crystal maze. <laughs> Turkish crystal maze. You just you're running through the maze, but there's just a random tiger being let loose as well that you had no idea. That would be really a, fun to watch. I used to enjoy watching robot robot wars with my dad. Yeah, yeah, that was robot yeah, wars, man. Was I always wanted it. I was like, oh my god. I think robot wars always came, always came on after Simpsons or before Simpsons. Mm. Yes, so it was always, always after, yeah. after yeah. Simpsons. Because mm-hmm. I think yeah. it was at one point it was like Fresh Prince, Simpsons, and then Robot Wars. Yeah, yeah. And that's what, what we used to watch as a family. I know, <sighs> I know. It was like five to seven p.m. or six to eight p.m. that window. Then they started to put Hollyoaks after Simpsons, which pissed me off. Yeah, I hated when they did that. Oh, that January room. Yeah, that was dead. Yeah, ruined your whole year. Hollyoaks <laughs> come down. No, 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 no. I'm done. I'm done. Fuck you, 98. I was probably literally done by that point anyway, because my mum was always into the soaps and and I think seven o'clock was uh was Emmerdale. Oh no. uh, It snowballs from there, doesn't it? And Eastenders. (laughs) Yep. Fucking Eastenders. Why is that still going? I went through an Eastenders stage. I went through like a very small time. um... When it was part thriller, basically. Yeah, <laughs> I remember after... like like who shot Phil was probably the last yes! thing I remember watching. Yeah. Who, who shot, shot Phil? Phil? Yeah, Sharon, I'm your mother. Oh. I don't think that's what happened, was it? Sometimes multiple storylines. That was like three different things just mixed into. That was with Cat. Do you remember when Cat and Zoe? Cat and Zoe, yeah. You ain't my mother. Yes, I am. That's it. You ain't my mother. <laughs> I think we were joking about that in school for a while. Right? You know what? I, that happened. I love the EastEnders um, Christmas special they used to do. They done one Christmas the live special. one. I lo- yes, I love that. that. I remember that, that was I remember awesome. That. Bradley fell off the roof. Did he? I don't remember that. Yeah, do you remember? He's he's he obviously not. It was part of the script. He didn't just fall off a roof and die live. Oh, okay. <laughs> like it was part of the thing. But yeah, like he forgot his line at one point as well. Anyway. Anyway, yes, sorry. So now we move on to, and I think this is where I kind of got introduced to Edgar Wright, but I didn't know it was him. And it was I was a show too young enough to appreciate, and which was 99 to 2001, Spaced. And you guys are aware of Spaced, right? No. 
No? no, Space was one of those shows that you'd kind of catch like late night on TV and, oh. and watch it and be like, I'm yes. tripping without realizing I'm tripping. Yeah, like I'm going for, like I've dropped the fucking acid or something and I've never done it, but there you go. So yeah. Spaced is a British television sitcom co-created and directed by Edgar Wright. The series follows the lives of a group of 20-something friends living in London, centering around Tim Bisley, Bisley, which is Simon Pegg, and Daisy Steiner, Jessica Hines, two strangers who meet while apartment hunting and decide to pose as a couple to secure a flat. They move into a flat in a Victorian house, and as they navigate their unconventional living situation, they become close friends. The series delves into the lives, aspirations, and idiosyncrasies of Tim, a comic book artist aspiring to greatness, and Daisy, an aspiring writer, alongside their eccentric and lovable friends, including Tim's best friend, Nick. No, sorry, Mike, which is Nick Frost. And I think that's how they kind of started to collaborate. Asi- aspiring soldier, Brian, Mark Heap, and mm-hmm. enigmatic artist, Twist which is Katie Carmichael. They tackle various challenges and embark on humorous misadventures. Space is known for its unique visual style, clever pop culture references, and rapid-fire editing techniques. The series skillfully blends comedy, surrealism, and heartfelt moments, exploring themes of friendship, creativity, and the struggles of young adulthood. With its witty writing and innovative storytelling, earning and gaining a cult following, and is regarded as a beloved and influential sitcom. Now, I am aware of it, and I'm very aware of its cult following, that people really gravitated towards this show, and it really... I think this was the first time that Edgar Wright got to flex and really practice his sort of art, and on top of that, kind of establish his cast, because obviously him, Simon Pegg, which they've co-written stuff together, and Nick Frost, and even the other actors and actresses, they're quite reoccurring throughout his films. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds funny. Looks like it'd be a laugh. Yeah, yeah, but no, I never caught it on TV. I would be curious to watch it on Netflix at some point. It, it, I think I've watched bits of it. I've watched bits. I remember it being like on like a music channel, like uh, Channel Four, like Number Twenty One on Freeview. Yeah, like Mm. four music stuff. That's thank you. Randomly at night, and I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, I I can enjoy it, but I don't get it because by this point, I'm like, oh, that's Simon Pegg. What the fuck is this role that he's doing? Like I couldn't fathom it when I was that young. <laughs> hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. We just wanted to take a moment here to take this ad and just kind of explain how and where our podcast is going and just growing. So we've actually created a Gmail account that we wanted to connect with you guys, get closer to our many, many listeners that I know that are eager to have any sort of comments or questions or anything you want to throw our way. And our email address is rjopoddy at gmail.com. That is r-j-o-p-o-d-d-y at gmail.com. And like I said, any comments or questions, anything you want to throw our way, we would really appreciate it. Secondly, we want to mention our highly under-advertised Instagram page where yours truly has been editing and sort of collaborating all the adverts that we've created for ours and your entertainment. Just adding some visuals and whatnot and just having a little gag, a bit of fun with it. And yeah, just somewhere else that you can find us. And that's our Instagram page, just Red Jacks On. You'll see the same logo, the same fonts and all of our adverts. And yeah, we hope you enjoy. So now we move on to 
the first of the Cornetto trilogy. So from Space, finishing around 2001, we jumped to 2004 with Shaun of the Dead. Amazing amazing film. Like Mm -hmm. one of my mum and dad's favourite films. And it feels strange to think that this was one of his, his probably his first major film that he made was one of his main Cornetto trilogies. And thinking about his 2004 is almost 20 years ago. And it still feels very relevant and very like watchable now. It doesn't, you know, it hasn't. Well, it's insane when you say it like that. Like this film was yeah. almost twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. That's Fuck, mad. I isn't feel it? old as shit. <laughs> it's still, okay. so, yeah, it okay. holds up really well. You are. It does. You are. It really does. <laughs> but um, so I mean, I know it goes without saying, but I'll say it for the listeners. So Shaun of the Dead in 2004 is a horror comedy parody film, as a lot of rights movies are. And even with, with its title, with its title inspired by the horror film Dawn of the Dead of the same year, 2004, the film follows Shaun, a directionless man in his 30, who wakes up one morning to find himself in the midst of a zombie apocalypse in London. Relatable. Teaming up... Yes. <laughs> it's just called a Monday in London. Uh, teaming up with his lazy best friend, Ed, Sean embarks on a journey to rescue his loved ones, including his ex-girlfriend, Liz, and finds safety in the space of his local pub, the Winchester Tavern. The film cleverly combines humour, social commentary, and homage to classic zombie films, resulting in a unique blend of laughs and scares. That sounds accurate, but it sounds very simple compared to the enjoyment of the journey of watching that film. Mm-hmm. I think it shows a lot of uh, his music direction and editing style and all of that team that collabed together. It's yeah. a fun journey. And it's, and it's yeah. I think it's stood, it stood like the well through time of the fatigue of zombiness. I think there's things I could watch of zomb- yeah. zombie stuff and be like, Ugh. but that I'm like, no, nah, I'm not watching it for the zombies. That's like the backdrop yeah. to yeah. Yeah. Their, their craziness. Yeah. I mean, as far as I know, this done way better than Dawn of the Dead, right? Like, this must have been bigger. Was Dawn of the Dead English or was it American? I don't know. You'd have, you'd have to I mean, look it up. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember ever watching. I think I watched Dawn of the Dead once. <clears throat> but Shaun of the Dead, I have watched like loads. Oh, loads like loads. Yeah. Probably hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> they came out in the I same think... year. That's crazy. They the came out in the year, same yeah. year. How did he know? Like... Zach Obviously, Snyder. it's a parody of that film, <laughs> but no. But I think Dawn of the That's Dead title is a George Romero-inspired film. Mm-hmm. So I think that that one was the the 2004 one was a remix. So I think they were both pulling from an, uh, an it's OG like a film. Dead, yeah, from way back in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. How has it only got a 7.9 rating on IMDb? What? That's blasphemy, mate. That is blasphemy. Okay, I don't agree oh, with yeah, any. Sure. I've just scrolled through and they've all got like terribly inaccurate ratings. It's a ten. It's a straight ten. Yeah, it's a ten. Just to compare um, Dawn of the Dead to 2004, Shaun of the uh, Shaun of the Dead, or mm-hmm. both both of them from 2004. Uh, the budget for Shaun of the Dead was 6.1 million, and the box office it made 30 million. And mm-hmm. for Dawn of the Dead, the budget was. 28 million it's got it's got 26 million here i don't know if that means that's what it made Let's see if i can actually find out 
I mean, it definitely it would have affected the sales, didn't it? Because you'd be like, "Oh, do you want to go and watch Dawn of the Dead, oh. or do you want to go and watch Shaun of the Dead?" It made hundred. It made one hundred and two million. So Shaun of the Dead did better as far as profit. Yeah, yeah. But in all fairness, I'm yeah. sure one success fed the other, and I'm I can imagine, I can imagine there must have been at least a good percentage of people getting very confused to go, let's go watch that new comedy film. Let's go watch that new horror film and sit down in the cinema or rent it or, or online and be like, what the fuck is this? Like, is, I'm enjoying this, but what is this? Why? One person in every screening, for sure. Yeah, this ain't even scary. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we actually move on and he quickly made the second in uh, his trilogy. So if we go from 2004... Three years later, which actually isn't a long time when you think about making a film, because you talk about obviously the scripts might have been pre-written from years before the ideas, but three years to like produce and direct, advertise and do the whole process of a film. So 2007, we move on to Hot Buzz. And this action comedy pays homage and cleverly parodies the buddy cop and action genres. Nicholas Angel, an overachieving police officer, is transferred to a seemingly tranquil English village, Sanford. However, he soon discovers a dark secret lurking beneath the surface and must team up with his dim-witted but lovable partner, Danny Butterman, to uncover the, the, uncover the truth, which is, again, Simon Pegg's titular character, can't speak, and Nick Frost as his um, friend. And the film combines thrilling action sequences, comedic moments, and a sharp satirical edge. Mm-hmm. The fence hopping scene returns. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what was in my mind. That was, <laughs> yeah. I think he carries it on from all three films, right? Because of like, never taken a shortcut before. And like one of them he like falls over the fence. One of them he jumps over the fence in this one. Then the last one he grabs the fence and the fence just and the whole fence. Yeah. 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 Like he he Edgar Wright created his own tropes and then went against audience expectations, which is just fascinating and hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Hot Fuzz is my favorite out of the, the trilogy, but like, yeah, I love Shaun of the Dead. I mean, World's End was, is that the, the third part in that? I think yeah. the third one, yeah. That, that's, yeah. yeah, that's the third one. That one was a bit hit and miss, um, but Hot Fuzz, absolute gold, isn't it? Yeah. It's so good. Hot Fuzz, yeah, I think, I think same. Yeah. But it's, it's the middle film at any time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's the <laughs> middle film that. And they're going, ah. and he does it at the very end of the film when um, when his dad's running away. I know Nick Frost, what's his name in the film? Ed. Ed? Yeah. No, uh, Nick, Nick. Oh, no, Frost that's in Sword of the Dead. Danny. Danny, Danny. And he gets his dad running away and he does the, the, point, the point blank shot with the Keanu Reeves and he gets to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, is, yeah, this film was like you can chuck it on at any point, man. Any time of the year, just chuck it on. It's always a laugh. Always, no matter how many times you've seen it, it's always a laugh. Yeah, yeah. I this had Martin Freeman sh- in it. It did. It, it had a lot of it had, um, him, Alan Partridge, and um, Bill Nye. Uh, Bill Nye, yeah, as as the beginning ones. And when he kind of, and even like the um, even like to kind of reflect on his ed- editing skills or his direction, like even the train station, the train sort of um, scene when he's going from like London to Sanford mm-hmm. and the way it's edited and it gives you the perspective of time kind of moving forward with the plants and the clocks and the, and the very quick cuts without feeling overwhelmed or lost. You follow mm-hmm. the narrative very well. And then 
he appears and because that's where the, the story begins. He gets yeah. to the village and then it goes on. Another um, thing like is the... like the um the because you've got that whole host of characters, the whole sort of murder mystery kind of vibe to it as well, and how the characters are all so different and so quirky. <laughs> Yeah. It just really makes the film like you kind of watch oh, it but... for all of those and all of those interactions. Yeah. The yeah. whole cast. Who's the guy that plays the villain? One oh. of the OG James Bond. Oh, yeah, Sunday. yeah. Um something is it has got a Z in it. Did, I'm gonna I'll, did, I'll... no Tim Timothy Dalton. Dalton. It was didn't have a Z in it. Didn't have a Z in it. It was Timothy <laughs> Dalton. I, that was one of his comeback roles, man. That was awesome. And they went into the um Oh, they're going to the Savers or Iceland or something, and they had permission to just wreck it up in that yeah. fighting scene. Did they actually? Did they not oh, just build really? that? No, 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 no. They had permission from one of the shops to go in there and fully wreck it, and it, it stars it. the um, the Hound from Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's oh, the my main. God, he's the giant. Yeah, no. Yop. Oh, him? No yeah, way! Yeah, he's yeah. actually the Hound. Oh, crap. yeah, yeah, he's the yeah. Hound. That's the home. something new every day. Yeah. That's actually mad. I didn't know that. Crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not always about murder. I just love they <laughs> take that, that murder. They take that accent. So, oh, they got um the guy from Harry Potter, the caretaker, Filch. Well, they can't understand mm-hmm. what he's saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Father, and yeah. it's like, what? What's, it? what's he Father, saying? Yeah. He's like, well, he came down here, right? And then he saw that guy jump over the fence. And he was like, that's a bit of a murder. Like, and, oh, so good. <laughs> and so you watched Bill um, Bailey as the, 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 two, the twins. Have you watched uh, Jeremy Clarkson's The Farm? I've seen yes. so many clips yeah, of that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got that guy yeah. on there like that. And, and his, uh, like... Farm attendant friend guy can understand it, but <laughs> like nobody yeah. else can. It's it's just like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never surprised with Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that was hot fuzz, and I think it says a lot, especially being his second in the trilogy and second major film, that it would be one of his strongest because mm. it's usually where the formula sits quite right. But moving on, so from 2010, uh, 2007 now to 2010, not in the trilogy. But still a very, very strong and one of my personal favorites of Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Great. Film. Now, we went and saw yeah. this in the cinema together. There was about a good five or six of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. I, re- I remember this because when the Indian guy Patel pops up, we all turned and looked at Rikesh. And the funny part was Akash was next to him. And even Akash turned and looked at Rikesh. Rikesh was like, what? Why me? Because <laughs> his body was yeah, I it wasn't racism. Think... We had an Indian guy looking at another Indian guy. That's not racism. That's just a fact. We followed suit. Well, when I think about this film, I often remember, like, yeah, we watched this in cinema, and that is one of the first things that I remember <laughs> yeah. when the Indian was on screen. Everyone stopped and looked at me, and then I looked back at Akash, like, why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> it's when he broke into song, Rikesh. It's when he went full Bollywood, and I was, we all just turned and like, oh. <laughs> Yo, this no, is your people. Rick. I love Bollywood films, bro. I used to always sit and watch them because they're so close to Turkish films. They've always got that like that sort of like uh, nanny moment, but everyone gets a zoom in in the eye, just like, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> and then it does an ad break, and then it does it again. Like, just to make Ooh. sure you get everyone's Ooh. reaction. No, don't Ooh. show you each person like a good three or four times, and like, yeah, did you get the reaction? Here's another one. Here's another one. 
like a I love five Bollywood minutes. films. They're they're actually oh, top tier, mate. They're so good. Awful. I mean, we I should, think we should last... have parodied, parodied them. <laughs> oh, we that was should. Weird. But this we should let Rikesh. Well. We should let Rikesh create, direct, edit, and do everything. We we don't have to them. If Rikesh does it, we're okay. It's actually, yeah, it's true. That's just fair. to avoid That's racism. Fair. Let the brown guy. Kill him. <laughs> yeah. That way, when when non when non compliant, it's fine. Hey 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 hey. We said Indian. You said brown. You said it. We thought it. We didn't say it, but you said it. <laughs> you just made you for it. <laughs> I can say it. I can say it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh god cancelled oh. yeah. anyway, I do remember with Scott Pilgrim it, that is the first film I think game graphics like uh, like the idea of like game oh, elements well. being in it it blew my mind genuinely blew my mind because it's so cinem- like this, the uh, the CGI it actually still it still holds up to date and that's like it, you know 13 very, years old very well Do you know yeah. what it's awesome I, yeah i think that i think the graphics and the theme of it is very similar to games and you can get away with kind of parodying it but the sound bites like they had even like the zelda theme tune i'm like you need copyright money mm. for you need to go to the Nintendo. nintendo's very harsh with their shit like that and i'm like you you went spot on with it um, and yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, I know they created some stuff like the ninja dancing game or something they created for themselves, like the dance dance sort of thing. But like I said, the Zelda theme, you don't you don't recreate that. They bought that out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a the time to... they played, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. But just to give a little synopsis, so um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is based on Brian Lee O'Malley's graphic novel series. This visually inventive film tells the story of Scott Pilgrim, a young slacker and musician who falls for the enigmatic Ramona Flowers. To win her heart, Scott must defeat her seven evil exes in epic battles infused with video game inspired visuals and energetic storytelling. The film blends romance, comedy and action while capturing the essence of youth. A gotcha. That is not the best description of that film. Not it's at really all. Good. None of these. <laughs> no. None of these. It's very factual, but it's based off. I think this is the first one that he didn't necessarily develop from the ground up. This is something pulled from a graphic novel. Yeah, and I know. Yeah. I know it's different enough from the graphic novel that it can kind of it stands on its own, but it's it's not shot for shot. There's like there's um in, inspiration. Sorry, Jade's just moaning because I took the drinks out of the fridge. <laughs> Rewind. Say that again. Why? Why would you do that? No, 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 no. no. Let's do <laughs> that. Let's on, what Why would you do that? Because I didn't yeah. have a cup up here. <laughs> I have a fridge up here with fucking lemonade. And I, can, I didn't want to drink out of the bottle like some kind of fucking savage. But taking the bottle is civilized. Come on, Charlie. Don't, look, don't, don't, don't move away. What juice was it? What was the flavor? <laughs> And what was the brand? I need to know this before I can move on. It was White's Lemonade. Because, you know. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, that's racist. You said it. We didn't say it. Cancel. I was thinking it. But you all you thought said it. it. We all thought it. Cancelled. And we're cancelled. Hey, that's two strikes of racism already. One more, we're out. <laughs> don't let me host. In the space of five minutes. Don't let me host. But, yeah, I mean. I think we've said enough about Scott Pilgrim in a sense, but the... I was going to say this is like the first time he had like an American cast as well. From like looking yes. at his photography, yeah, like every, yeah. everything else seemed very much set in the UK, and this is like the first time you can tell he really got given a blockbuster budget and, and Chris a Evans cast in there. With it. Well, yeah. What was the budget he... for this film? 
have a, have a little look. But I do know that even with an American cast, it it was filmed and with a, a mix of Canadian cast as well. So the location was Canada. I uh, think it wasn't it wasn't Toronto. So they paid him less. Mm. Wow! It had a sixty wow. mil budget. So for him, the biggest uh, okay. as of yet. I don't actually think it. Wait, it had a sixty mil budget opening weekend. <laughs> it made ten, ten and a bit. No, and overall, it's made thirty three. That's, oh no, thirty-three domestic, worldwide forty-nine. Really? I don't think it made a profit. I mean, by the... I know, it, it, it must be a cult following. It must be. Mm. Yeah, no. I'm seeing something different. Mine's saying in 2010, Scott Pruitt was a box office bomb. It grossed thirty-five point eight million, but its budget was it was in the sixties million. Yeah, it was in the sixties. Yeah. That's what that, that, that's yeah, what Charlie said. said that's what I just said, mate. Fucking hell, listen, listen. Oh, sorry, mate. I'm sorry, mate. <laughs> sorry, buddy. But in all fairness, that was the domestic gross. But no, I mean, I still think that as a piece of work, it stands. Like again, it's one of those films that I could watch. You know, what? I would actually happily show that to Tanya at one point because it's such an. They're all very easy to watch films. But there's enough there that it's not simple or boring or overwhelming in a sense. Yeah. I can imagine actually, you know, this director who's used to working on British projects with British actors suddenly going to a based on a graphic novel with American actors. You know, if somebody's going to go look to watch a film, they might not be attracted to those kind of things. You know, they think, oh, who's Ed? Mm-hmm. they're in the states? They think, oh, who's Edgar Wright? You know, what is this? Yeah. What is this all about? Unless they already know what the graphic novel is, and then people in the UK yeah. are just kind of like, well, he's this is this is strange from Edgar Wright, or you know, they don't want to watch mm. a yeah. A film I think like yeah, that. I think you're right. I think it depends on how much reach his previous films made worldwide, yeah. because that's that's what pulls you in. You know, I think we still would have watched a film like this. And I think at the time, I didn't know it was Edgar Wright. I just saw Scott Pilgrim. I was like, that looks like right up our alley. We're going to love it. And we did. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a shame that the film itself didn't pull as much as maybe the name of the director. But I think you guys are right. But I completely disagree with the internet. I want it to go on the record. I don't give a shit. Come I'm at sure me, it's, I'm sure it's made more, much more sense. It must have. Oh, yeah. It's just I mean, obviously it was on things Netflix that don't get stuff. Stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely getting rented out. Streaming numbers ones. and whatnot. Oh, These get recorded. And mm-hmm. it's very heavy in pop culture. You go to Comic Con, yeah. you're going to see a lot of like Scott Pilgrim, like merch and, and costumes and whatnot. Like it's definitely. it's in the zeitgeist. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the best things are though, isn't it? Like I mean, even um, yeah. like Avatar: The Last Airbender. No one really watched it when it first came out. Kind of bombed. Then all of a sudden, massive hype for it. Very true. Uh, Community is all the best things. Community, and, yeah, yeah. Community. same. This mm. Scott Scott Pilgrim came out in 2010. Yes, 10. So that 10, was yeah. 13 years ago. Same year as Kickass. Oh, which Kick-Ass, I think would have been would have been viewed yeah. on a on a similar vibe. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah, that would have pulled focus. Yeah, I still I I still prefer Scott Pilgrim. I think oh, that's a tough they, one though, man. Kickass was fucking I think I sick. Kick-Ass. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I Kickass was top tier, man. It was so it good. Was- well, when he gets stabbed, then hit by the car. <laughs> that was the I, th- I think they both, <laughs> they both did very different things. I think, do you know what it is? I think because of a little bit of Kick-Ass 2, I think 
I didn't sour, but it kind of like okay, it's not bad, but it's it's there's two of them where because Scott Pilgrim's only one, I'm like, no, it's just the one and only. It, it mm. stands on its own, so I have a soft spot for it. And I mm. think especially watching it with you guys. But yeah, Kick Ass was mm. definitely one of those films that watching it, and I'm like, oh, it's a superhero film. Oh, he's stabbed, oh, he's run over, oh, he's in the hospital. And I'm like, oh, yeah. no, this is what really what like when the kid jumps off the roof in the beginning seems like I'm gonna fly, boof, and just I don't remember that happening in Kick-Ass. It was in Family Guy. In Kick-Ass, the scene happens here. He does jump off the fly off the building, and then he, he ends up plummeting to the ground and dying. That's how the film starts. Oh, yeah, 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 that guy. Oh, yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> that's how you know, it was, that's how you know it was grounded. Yeah. What was, what was his nemesis called? The pussy something, or...? Um... It was something really, really random and rancid, like fucking weird. It had a long name, wasn't it? Wasn't it like mega toxic? I think it had the C word in there as well. Yeah. I think yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. He had the C word in there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, just to Crazy. kind of keep going a little bit with the tangent with Kikar, I think it was Aaron. What's his, the main guy's name? Aaron Paul Taylor, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Johnson. Oh, Taylor Johnson. Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Johnson yeah. I rec- this is not a recent film, but I recently watched this a couple of nights ago. I watched Bullet Train. Guys, it's a oh, really, yeah. it's a really good film. Very easy yeah. watch. It's quite funny. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It's a chill film to watch. It. Wait, wait, wait. Bullet Train with um, Brad Pitt. Bullet Train. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I've been meaning to see this, man. Such I've heard so many good things about that film. Watch it, it watch it. It's, it's such it's it's a very easy watch. There's a lot of like fantastical moments. It's the director of Deadpool two, so it's got moments where it's a bit like really, but at the same time you're like just just accept it. Go for the ride. It's enjoyable. Yeah, I'll watch, watch it. I'll watch it. That yeah, sounds yeah, fun. Definitely. And and um, Aaron Paul Taylor and oh, what's the guy from Atlanta? Aaron Paul Taylor. <laughs> that was Aaron so wrong. <laughs> you know what Taylor. I meant. You know Aaron what I meant. Taylor the Johnson, mate, yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson and the guy from Atlanta, Rick, um, his cousin. Darius. Darius. He's um, he's the other guy with him and they've got banter. And he plays a Wait, British Darius guy. Darius or Paperboy? Him. Oh. Paperboy. 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 Yeah, yeah. I know Brian Tyree Henry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he plays in it. He plays with a British accent. It's really weird in the beginning, but you get used to it. And they're just like proper, like the fuck you talking about? I don't know what the fuck you talking about. I'm gonna fucking slap. Like they really like. He's a really good actor. They're, they're brothers. Really actor. They're like they're like. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're meant to be brothers. Have you watched it, Fraser? Yeah, yeah, I watched it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, this is not about you. It's about me. I'm. I'm oh, okay. So sorry. Moving on. Moving on. <clears throat> So now we move on to the last of the Cornetto trilogy of 2013, The World's End. As the final film in the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy, The World's End centers around a group of friends who reunite after years apart to recreate an epic pub crawl they attempted in their youth. However, they soon discover that their hometown and its inhabitants have been infiltrated and mostly replaced by alien robots. The film combines human nostalgia and science fiction elements exploring themes of friendship, Growing up and social conformity, all with a healthy dose of wit and action. What are we thinking? What are we thinking? I liked What's it. I liked, I liked it. it. it yeah, yeah it definitely yeah. doesn't. Like, I don't think it hits the same as Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz Hot did, Fuzz. but it is the, you know, the third in the in the trilogy of the similar kind of theme. But it, I really enjoyed it. Like, it's relatable as well. You know, old friends coming back together. 
No, one of them hasn't really moved on, and the rest of them have. And it's, I think, in Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's character have like a similar kind of relationship. But in this one, it's mm-hmm. kind of more standoffish. Yeah, that's one big build. problem with that film. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's kind of one of the things that not lets yeah. it down, but differentiates it and makes it not as stand up as well but i still like that aspect of it and the action mm-hmm. scenes yeah the action yeah, is actually amazing yeah. in all of yeah, them the, yeah. the action is pretty good to be fair but yeah the world's end did have really good action but yeah simon Pegg's character was just a bit annoying mm. you know whereas one usually of those it's kind of... yeah yeah usually nick frost's the annoying character but he does annoying quite well because he's funny like it's like a chubby funny annoying guy mm-hmm. whereas when mm-hmm. simon Pegg's doing it he's usually like the more grounded one and they kind of flipped it and it was yeah, it was a bit strange it didn't quite work as well but yeah it's a good watch i think i've seen it a couple of times yeah. like three or four times yeah i think it's a film that i forget about and then after i'm happy to put it on and i think it's a fair final film in a trilogy like i'm content with it Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. think I get what you guys. I think it's a little bit because it's science fiction. It's not as grounded as the other two because the other two take a what if scenario, probably more sure of the dead, and then they kind of go, "This is the way we would do it." Whereas I don't know, this felt a little bit more outside of its spectrum. And like you said, I think this was a film based on Friends, but it wasn't a buddy film. If that makes yeah. sense, it wasn't a buddy corporation co- cooperation mm. and. I yeah. like Simon Pegg's character because it's only at the end where you get a little bit more heartfelt and a bit more serious and you learn about his rehab, where he's come from, his sort of attempted suicide. And I think that gives you that moment to go, right, okay, now I understand why you're a bit of a cocky asshole and you're holding on to the past. But at the same time, I wish maybe they introduced that a little bit sooner. Agreed, like, yeah. I, I enjoyed him and Nick Frost sort of fight in the pub and, and when it leads to that sort of exposition, but I think a they little bit it great sooner, along the whole film. They mm-hmm. didn't. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't feed it. If they yeah. would have done a, even a, a moment where he, I don't know, Simon Pig like lifts his hands up and then you see maybe a cut mark or his hospital uh, tag and then he kind of awkwardly puts his arm back in his jacket, like to kind of make you go, hmm, "What's what's really going on with you?" Rather than just let's just pile it on do you it at like the end. We did. Mm. I just don't think he needed a sob story. I think they could have just dialed back his knobheadness. Like I think in our group, I'm probably that guy, <laughs> but. <laughs> I hope I'm not as like annoying, like really pressuring your, your mates into don't, stuff. Don't mm. put yourself in that position. I think you're that person in every group you're a part of. Thanks, mate. <laughs> My son. I, I probably am. I love you. <laughs> I'm the one who's like, guys, let's go jump in that bush. No, in all fairness, and then push that. Hand ch- <laughs> no, that's 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 we That's all happened. have a has happened but we've all done it differently but you're, you're a sort of person that you've never bugged me because you've never been a person to go do this you've never said do something that you wouldn't do yourself so that's what is hilarious to a certain extent like you've jumped in more bins and bushes than i can and i've ever thought of in my life i think i've definitely tried to do things i wouldn't do and oh, no, yeah. I, I know tyrell <laughs> didn't push me but i was falling into a bush and because tyrell's like a fucking uh, massive building he fell with me and just crushed me into the building i gave in and i was just okay i remember charlie i remember Chaz holding on to my hands and chris being in the car do you remember and he started to drive and i was like let go oh my let go god my yeah hands. like that was yeah. like a teenage stupid moment because now i look back i'm like you fucking arse you, you, you could have just got drunk 
You pulled my arms in through the, the passenger window. I was like, let go, uh, let go, please. Yeah, maybe I am that knobhead. Was... <laughs> maybe that's why I didn't like it. It was too, it was too reflective. Now I hear it alone. <laughs> but our temperaments were different then. Like, even for media, we let, I think, was it you that ran over Chris over and over again? No, I got run over. Chris ran over me over and over. Oh, Chris again. ran in my over car. you in your car, and Vidish was holding the camera, and I was outside with you. I remember giving you moral support, like the car's coming, and bless, like a bit too fast, a bit too slow. And I'm like, "Come on, Chaz, go!" Like egging you on, jump, jump front of the car. Get no, the we seat. did You're run like... over Chris as well. Yeah, we ran over we Chris did, and we... me. Yeah, because Chris pulled your. Uh, he broke my windscreen wiper. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like, don't, don't tell him. And then he just oh, put it back. God. It won't even yeah, attach. He, he just... just put it back on top of my car. And then when I started driving later, it just fell off. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh. <laughs> we, we used to get away we, with. We, oh, no. oh, we're shit. lucky to be alive. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, especially Sam. <laughs> but I was uh, the victim of the year more than the the C word of the year. Uh, and then I slowly, I started to work my way up. I think mm -hmm. uh, Danny was a bit of the victim of the year, but outside of us, though. For a bit, for a bit, Danny was. Not, But not through us, though. Danny just kept hurting himself by himself, with himself. <laughs> like, I've never known yeah. anyone to break their arms so many times. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. another thing I like about the, the World's End is that it's set in Welling Garden City that I actually know fairly well. So it's quite yeah. terrible. Yeah. Okay. What's the set? Oh, Golden Garden City. Yeah. Oh, wow. The World's End pub's actually there. Oh, I thought the World's End. There's one in Camden as well, then, isn't there? That, that is yeah, the World's yeah, End, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I can. I, I can. I'm gonna. I'm gonna touch on that a little bit later. I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but yeah, there's a little bit more to add to that uh, as a description. Okay. But I, I didn't know about the Welling Gardens pub. So now we jump on uh, in his movies to his latest film being. Baby Driver in 2017. GG claps all around. Rick is clapping. This stylish action crime film center, uh, centers around Baby, a talented young getaway driver who relies on music to sharpen his driving skills as well as drown out his tonightness. Uh -oh. Crime boss. Baby dreams oh. of escaping his life of crime and falls in love with a waitress named Deborah. As he plans his escape, he gets pulled into a dangerous heist that threatens everything he holds dear. The film features high-octane car chases, a killer soundtrack tightly synchronized with the action, and explores themes of redemption, love, and the consequences of one's actions. Have we all watched this film? Yeah. Yes. I think I've only watched it once, yes? though. That's I fine. I'm not... half of it. <laughs> Why? What happened? Because uh, it was right after the... Oh, so I watched it right after the Did you leave another drinker? Thingy. Um... <laughs> What? <laughs> you leave another drink up. You take all the drinks. You didn't finish it. Got drop kicked. Sake. <laughs> drop kick. Tyler, I fucking warned you. I'm trying to watch this film, babe. They put the drinks back. Oh wait, his I, name. I, yeah, no, I think you should. Kevin Spacey. That was why I didn't watch all of it. I it was right because we were watching House of Cards. We were proper into it. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. Everything happened. Then Baby Driver came out. Like I think. A month after all the info had come out about him, and it was just so hard to watch. No, no, no. Ba Baby Driver came out before. I watched the film one time without any of the Kevin Spacey stuff coming out, and then however long, a little bit later, it came. Mm. All the news came out. I watched it again. I think I showed it to my uncle, and it did feel strange. I shut that part of my brain off because I'm like, no, this film is too good to do it. Oh, but I, I need do to understand. Watch it. 
yeah, mm. I do understand where you're coming from, Chaz, but I think as a fan of like directing and movies, the edit like I know we, we talk about Edgar Wright stuff, but this is the only one properly synchronized with the music, beat for beat, like writing a script with the music in mind, let alone synchronized with it, is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and yeah, the love was... story. Yeah. It was a great oh, film. I'll, I'll make great sure I watch film. it. It's got John Burton in it as well. Who I love. Yes. <gasps> and John, um, John Hamm and um, what's his name? Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx, another role that I like him in. Yeah, I don't like Jamie Foxx in many roles, but no, 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 he's he's all of them are really good in this. He's Everyone good plays John Ham in this yeah. is really good, and the main characters. Don't get me wrong, I I believe their love is really is is really sweet. But um, Rikesh, you showed me this film. You put it on for me in my shed. Yeah, yeah, I did. I'll make sure. Honestly, mate, great film, great mm. film. What about you, Fraser? What are you thinking? Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Love a good. Uh driving movie it's reminds me of like Gran Turismo or Burnout yeah. Burnout Burnout's <laughs> a good game for like music Frank. and and uh, yeah. driving definitely but, but gives you that oh. vibe what are you saying Charlie what the fuck are you saying I said it's a good it's a good game for crashing I loved Burnout oh for crashing yeah. do you know that yeah, game got the action replays when you did it it was fucking awesome but do you know that game yeah. got credited which I th- I'm glad it went the other way of saying like people it was credited for showing what a real accident is like the consequences of speeding so it was kind of like highly regarded because of that rather okay. than you're, you're glamorizing it yeah it's fun <laughs> when to you crash just, yeah, I that game, really dude you go fucking <laughs> flying when you crash yeah. There was challenges to like see how much you could wreck. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, a good yeah. message at all. It was terrible. <laughs> Anyone getting in a car after playing that game is going to be like, I'm going to wreck. <laughs> <laughs> My score. No. End of your life. But no, I um, no love that film. Love that film. Again, a bit more. One of his more Hollywoodized films, obviously a big yeah. cast. Mm-hmm. Um. And outside of the UK, but again, just fully justified itself and has that Edgar rightness that we're all like so familiar with and that we enjoy that theme. I feel like if, if you, out of the two, like, out of his more Americanized global releases, like from Scott Pilgrim to um, Baby Driver, I feel like he kind of perfected the formula he was after in Baby Driver, which is why it's just mm-hmm. a much better rounded film than it is Ooh, really? Scott Pilgrim. from Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I mean, Scott Pilgrim's a great film. Don't get me wrong, but I would, I much prefer this. They're completely different films. Don't get me wrong, but this is a, it's an amazing film. Honestly, oh, I've got to fucking watch great it then, film. and I. That's a great review. Yeah. That review alone makes me want to watch it. But I think yeah, it also so. stands because Baby Driver is something of his own mind. Whereas no matter what Scott Pilgrim is pulled from, yeah, uh, yeah. It's a source, source material. Yeah. So it is. It's got a little yeah. bit. It's got to play by the rules of the story, but. Before we move on, why don't we just say our top three favorites? Ooh. Of the ones we've watched, obviously. In order, like one, two, three. Yeah, yeah. So top three. So let's start with number three being our bottom one and then work our way up. Oh boy. Okay, let me just go through the list one more time. I can give you a quick little rundown. Space sounds like a, a, a show that. I would like. <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? I'm, yeah, I think I'm, I'm that. curious to. 
Oh, we're curious too. <laughs> curious <laughs> to know what you were going to say. Sahan's face <laughs> in that fucking frame is terrifying. <laughs> he looks like a character from Abe's Odyssey. <laughs> he's got no eyes. <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, he's back. Oh, there he's back. There you go. Bros, could you hear us? No, all I heard was Sirhan's face in that frame, and then it just all cut off. And I was like, hello? <laughs> Mate, your eyes were all like, <laughs> gone. It was terrifying. Like, they're all blurred out. All right, third place for me, I will go with Scott Pilgrim. Nice. I think for me, I would put Sean of the Dead as third. Oh, this is difficult. Yeah, I I feel like our um, our lists are probably going to be very similar, Charlie. I think I'll put Scott Pilgrim in third. Okay. Oh, um, okay, hold on. I would say third. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim. Mm. Scott Pilgrim. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Second. Second for me would be Shaun of the Dead because I've not seen Baby Driver. Okay, fair, fair. We've got less than a minute though, by the way. Aaron's going to cut. I think, go, go, go. Uh, a second. Mine's, mine's the same. Okay. I think second for me would be the baby driver. Okay. All right, well, we're going to have an ad break before Sohan answers. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I thought it was my turn. (laughs) Also to add on, me and the boys have wanted to develop and grow the podcast by creating our own individual potties. Still under the same umbrella, but things about our own individual passions. Now, for myself being a therapist, there's nothing more that I would like to do and to help people, and to connect to people, than to share any tools and techniques that I might find relevant to yourselves. So if you find yourself having any mild to moderate issues, challenges, things in your life that you need any advice or guidance on, then please message us on our above-mentioned rjopoddy at gmail.com um, with your comments and questions as mentioned. And yeah, if we can talk it through and help yourselves and just see where we can go from there, I would love that and I would love to help you guys. And to finalize this, being a therapist, you can find me if you are looking for more specific, dedicated, long-term help on the counseling directory under my name, Sirhan, S-E-R-H-A-N for November, Avci, A-V-C-I. You can also message me directly, that's Sirhan Avci, therapy at gmail.com. And if you find yourself or someone that you may know that needs a little bit of therapeutic help and guidance, Throw me in there, see what may happen. Um, and like I said, even if it's not myself, I'm happy to refer anyone on. So, agony uncle for the podcast, or find me directly on the counseling directory or message me. Right, I have taken up enough of your time. Back to this another amazing episode of Red Jacks On. Hello! Hello. And on that cliffhanger, what was your second turn? <laughs> um, I'm going to go for Baby Driver. Nice. So you and Rick's have the same, and me and Frey's have the same, right? Yeah, okay. I've, got Scott, I've got Scott Pilgrim and then Baby Driver. 
Yeah, you three put baby uh, Scott Pilgrim as your third. Yeah. I wonder if our first choices are all going to be the same. I feel like it is. <laughs> Go on, Charlie. I mean, hot fuzz. It's got to be hot fuzz. <laughs> it's got to be <laughs> yeah. hot fuzz. Yeah. Quality <laughs> film. I think I think my my number one is definitely Hot Fuzz. I think it's the most rewatchable. It was difficult for me because I'm like, I think Shaun of the Dead is a more watchable film. I can watch Shaun of the Dead more on repeat. But when I really thought about Baby Driver, I'm like, no, as a film, it's made so well um, that it just deserved it, it. It deserved that at least second or third place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's better than Shaun of the Dead, but it's 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 I, I enjoy Baby Driver in a different way because I think Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead it, it, they collaborate, they work in that same space where Baby Driver is his own thing. But would you like say Scott Shaun of the Pilgrim Dead's is... better than uh, Scott Pilgrim? No. You think Scott Pilgrim is better than Shaun of the Dead? I mean, I, it is, no. oh, it's a tough call. No, no, I don't think it's a better mm. film. I think in my list, it's better because, because no, but they're all three different categories of his time. Mm. It's like Hot Fuzz is that stage of his life. Scott Pilgrim is that stage. Baby Driver is that phase. Yes, Whereas to say, if I, if I, if I, I would probably put Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz side by side if I could, because you they're can't. just so, you, I know I can't. <laughs> you made the rules. <laughs> this is your game, mate. Yeah. Actually, you're lost at your own game. If I'm the rule maker, then I get to decide what I want, how I want, when I want. So suck a bag of the game, master. Pil- pil- pilgrims. <laughs> I think um, pilgrims. I think I've had Hot Fuzz on DVD like since forever, but I think <laughs> last last year or something, I popped in CEX and, and got Shaun of the Dead on DVD. Oh really? Yeah, that's so I, weird. Oh yeah, I always enjoy seeing that that cover. Anyway, anytime I see it pop up, I'm like, oh, okay. It's like that person you know, but you don't quite see him often. But when you do, you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, young Simon Pegg. He's there in every good. CEX. <laughs> it's just a if great it, British film. There's like, there's like a lot of like films are trying like show like UK kind of culture, and mm-hmm. they don't always pull it off. Mm-hmm. But oh God, no. Hot Fuzz does it. it nail on yeah. the head. You just it, it spawn. Yeah, every British scene, culture, British culture through other cultures' eyes, and I don't blame every culture's got it when it's seen through another cultures and society's eyes. Either super posh and villainous, or really fucking cockney. Oh, mate, are you fucking yeah, my you know like very uh, like yeah. Mary Poppins style, or like yes, excellent, yes, simply perfect. Yeah. I'm gonna dastardly man, and I'm like, okay, we get it, cool. Hmm. Yeah. No, I think Hot Fuzz does UK better just because the kind of what is it, Somerset, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somerset. Yeah. That, that well, Sanford. 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 Oh, Sanford. That that kind Sanford. of like Cornish kind of uh what's it like Western like, like village English. Kind of yeah, it's thing. just so funny. <laughs> like no matter what you say, it sounds they all sound so dense, but they're not like it's just the accent instantly <laughs> makes you laugh. All right, my lover. And even Shauna the Dead is just like, um, just really relaxed about it. Like other media, it can get really over the top. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. They play it really well. I think Shauna the Dead is very, is very Londonized very well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think that's why Hot Fuzz works though, because it's like Simon Pegg's London London coming over 
like from Sean, almost like a character from Sean there going over. I um, really get that feeling more now. Obviously, in a, more, in a less dramatic way. But when I first moved to Scotland, at, at least for the first three months, I was a Londoner here. Like, obviously, I am. Like, still. I, I, no, I still am. But what I mean is, I'm born as a Londoner, but I am like culturally a Turkish Cypriot. So I've had like a very city upbringing and, and exposure with the back proper village life so when i moved from one part of the uk to the other i'm like i'm gonna come as a brit and i've realized i've had to use more of my turkishness here and that sort of villagey warmer culture than the londonized one because mm-hmm. I, when i first came here people were like you right, mate how you doing you know what are you drinking my instant reaction without realizing i was like what the fuck do you want who the fuck are you why are you asking me this why are you taking this towards me and i was like whoa <laughs> Yeah, it's very standoffish and people are very smiley in Scotland and very more inclined to be like how's your day how's things I know my neighbours but I didn't see as suspicious or standoffish because when everyone's the same in London it's the same yeah. culture whereas coming here and it was weirdly nice because when I went back to London and I took Tanya with me and Tanya's had exposure of Brits in Scotland we're walking down like Edmonton and she's like smiling at the baby or looking at the dog oh, hi and these parents are like get the fuck in the house get the fuck in the house <laughs> she's <laughs> gonna take our child <laughs> <laughs> why are they not like why are they not responding I said this is London I said we mm. don't do that I said look I said I was honest with her. I said socializing in London for me is a skill it's not a commodity yeah it needs a circumstance mm-hmm. like if you're yeah. at a bus stop if you're all waiting for the bus and like you're just doing five minutes or whatever, you don't talk to anyone. Because if you turn to someone and go, hi, mate, how's your day? They will instantly be like, all right, this guy, I don't want this. They'll put yeah. headphones in or whatever. But if your bus <laughs> is 20 minutes late, you can start a conversation. <laughs> you can go, yeah. this bus is taking a while, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think it's, it's very true? I don't know. Like you instantly, you've got a circumstance. It's to very, have, like, very you get stuck true. in a lift, you can chat. If you're just in a lift, don't. <laughs> <laughs> And I think I found that strangest when I work when I've worked in Scotland, and when people go on their lunch breaks, sit in the lunchroom, no one's on their headphones, and everyone is talking. And that for me was strange. Like I did, not in a bad way. I love talking, but when I'm in the mood, sometimes I'm like, I've just had like an eight hour shift. I've still got like however many hours to go. I just want to eat in peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the same that. time, I'm like, I'm loving the amount of deep conversation. I like the choice that I can have. Like, I can choose to talk or not talk. But in London, it's like, no, 99% of the time, you're not going to talk. You only talk yeah. to the people that you know. Do you know what Good I mean? Talk yeah. unless oh. you made an appointment. Yeah. <laughs> unless, unless you're there for a reason. If it's not customer service, yeah, don't either look that in the or eye. Unless you're stuck, you just do not talk to other random people on the street. It just, you just don't yeah. do it. No. I think and if you do, you're weird. It's circumstantial. Yeah, literally. Or mm-hmm. you get that odd one in a blue moon person that will talk, but will talk your fucking head off or go yeah. crazy or in circles. And you're like, <laughs> oh my god! And then he done this, and then she done that, and you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know what he does that. I'm like, oh, what have I done? Mm-hmm. The, fucking Uber, the Uber driver's telling me his whole life. I'm like, oh, just one ahead. My wife's did. left me. Oh, that's the worst. She's taken that's the, the kids and the dog. I'm alone. I don't want to go home. I, I'm sorry, mate. Can you just drop me around the corner, please? Like, I'm just, <laughs> just here's fine. Just here. Fine. Just let great, me out. Yeah, you can let me out here. Cheers. Thanks. Good luck. Right. Bye. <laughs> yeah. One star like, on you, but I've just, I've just picked again. you up. But yeah, so um, yeah, I think yeah, I think Hot Fuzz, you're right, does really that nice sort of that London mentality of him being a bit like very suspicious and this is going to be this extreme. It's got to be murder. And they're all like, you know, it's not always murder. Murder. Right? <laughs> murder. 
So we move on to our next segment, which is Edgar Wright directed music videos. Yeah. There is a fair few directed music videos. And there is a lot of interesting connections because it's obviously I've not done it in chronological with his films, but there's a lot of connections that tie back. And I've went through a website that listed each video and some of them I'm watching. I'm like, whoa. I understand where this inspiration came from, where he practiced this and brought it to this movie and so on and so forth. So an interview with Edgar Wright around 2017, this is around the time of Baby Driver's release, by filmschoolrejects.com, brought to light an interesting fact about uh, Wright's directorial videography. When asked, Wright reflected that he has directed up to 10 music videos throughout his career, with three out of 10 being on a non-digital format, leaving only seven accessible to us. And this, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, is the seven videos of Edgar Wright. Right, 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 am I right? Do we not miss two movies? Which ones have we missed? <clears throat> I'm just did there's two one. No, not Paul. Paul. We didn't talk about Paul. He no, he didn't do Paul. Did he? he? He didn't do Paul. No. Did he not? I thought Edgar Wright. Um, he might have a, like a writing with... citation or credit, but when I went through his IMDb, right, Paul was not listed on there. Well, there's the Sparks Brothers and Last Night in Soho. In 2021, I don't know I... if those. I don't know. I didn't see them pop up. I mean, I don't know what his... It wouldn't surprise me if he's got more latest work. Maybe you can enlighten us of what he's doing more. Oh, but this is his work that's been released. Maybe he's still working on it. Maybe it's a TV show. I'm not too sure, dude. But um, his like filmography was up to 2017 and something a little bit in 2020, but not officially made. Mm. Yeah, he's got a... I'm seeing Last Night in Soho, but... Rings a bell, but it's not something I've watched. Mm. I mean, me neither. It's got the lady from um, Queen's Gambit in it. Anya Taylor-Joy. <clears throat> That's another great show, if you haven't seen it. Nothing to do with Edgar Wright, but Queen's Gambit, if you haven't seen it, 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah, mm. Netflix with, uh, with chess. Yeah. Netflix oh, so yeah. chess. Yes. <laughs> it so is good. Netflix and chess. I've heard really good things about it, actually, mostly from Rikesh, but from other people as well. Rikesh is people. Yeah, man. Is like, he? Do I ever give you shit recommendations? Ever? Is it like Death no. Note? <laughs> but we're, we're yeah. with chess. We're with chess. But we're chess. It's like Death Note with chess. <laughs> yes, Fraser, it is. Watch it. Watch it. You know what? That, that, that actually... <laughs> That actually does remind me, though. I remember reading a book years ago. And I think this is like a child, not child, but like, you know, the, the youth book, like teenage books. One of the books was called Lord Loss. I'll never forget it. It had like a wolf on the front, loved it. But it was about a kid finding out that his family kind of deals with demons, if I remember correctly, like and werewolves and shit. But the way they fight the 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 demons is apart from like physical fights and magic and shit is the main one of the main demons comes into the human world and just world discovers just chess discover. and loves it so much that one of the main battles they have is just a chess match of a demon and a human having a chess match it's it's really strange but it's a really good idea hmm. yeah, that's cool so to touch on his first music video uh this is in 1996 so Wow. This would be, yeah, so this would be after his second... Three years after? Film. 
Mm. Yeah, so he had a 93 film, 95 film, and in 96, he made his own film, uh, Mash and Peas, and this is around the same time. This is a music video, Nomads, by the High Llamas. Oh, great I song. don't know it. Is it? You just don't I don't know. It. I've never heard it. <laughs> uh, it's a very uh, trippy video of a band singing to the music with light, choreographed dancing, dancing and funky costumes and settings. Um, and to reflect on uh, Wright's sort of opinion. So by his own admission, the music video for Nomads was directed when Wright was only 22 years old. And he, to quote him, didn't really know what I was, what the hell I was doing. Even this early, however, you can see some of Wright's talent, quirks, and style on display. I didn't see much of it, but if you look at his directing and his quick pans and his sort of quirkiness, it was there. Um, but I would... What really genre of advise... music? That's a very Death good question. High Llamas. By the High Llamas. I think, I think it was like a sort of like a semi-rocky, chill-out sort of vibe. Okay. I didn't think of writing the genre down. That was actually acoustic. Yes, a bit more trippy. I'm gonna quickly play it. Oh shit! That was you can't play it. You can't play it. Don't worry, that was not anyway. It's fine. You copyright strike, mate. But yeah, okay, cool. Okay, that's his next one. Is quite a big jump. We go to 2002. So from 96 to 2002. And this is in between making Space and Shaun of the Dead. So this is the song After Hours by the Blue Tones. And this is the first piece of Wright's work that seems to draw inspiration from a recent mainstream music video. It's hard not to see shades of Paul, Thomas's, Paul Thomas Anderson and Fiona Apple's paper bag video in the theme of children masquerading as 1940s adults. After Hours is also the video that Wright says gave him the confidence needed to attempt tracking shots in movies like Shaun of the Dead. And just to give you an idea, the whole video is a tracking shot of 1940s dress style children mouthing along to the music with dancing and jokes, um, sort of like very Bugsy Malone inspired with at the very end, uh, a pie shootout where they get guns and that like throw. Like, oh, fully uh, Bugsy Malone. Sick. Very Bugsy Malone. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, directing wise, yeah, it's a whole tracking shot of just like almost looks like a wanna. Um, and I can imagine that being his first challenge because this was after Space, which is a TV show type of directing, mm. not movies. And now the music video is kind of touching on both of those worlds. Uh, it looks really fun, I must admit. And again, very like light, rocky, very bouncy. Mm. Um, the next one is it just a year later. So now one year before Shaun of the Dead, which is. Um, Blue Song by Mint Royale. Um, okay, so this one I really want to talk about. I watched the video of this. This one is fucking awesome. I can't remember the actor's name. Oh, what's that British actor, musician guy? He looks quite funky. He's got the blue eyes. and He's, he's in the Mighty Boosh. He's, he's the guy with the, the wild oh, black hair. Noel Fielding? Is it him? Is that his name? The one who plays the moon. In, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no feeling. Right, so he he's the main guy in this. Now, any of you guys, Rikesh especially, if you've watched Baby Driver, watch this. This was in 2003, right? And speaking to Enemy, right, explained how the start of Baby Driver references video for Manchester band Mint Royale's 
a blues song. That, to quote him, that is a clip from the music video for Blues Song by Mint Royal that I directed after Space and before Shaun the Dead, which was basically a dry run for this movie. It's, it's exactly the same. They pull up to a scene. They're all about to rob a bank. And the, the main guy, which is the, the, the Mighty Boosh guy, basically goes to them, right, how long is it going to take you? And they'll be like, uh... Two and a half, three minutes. He's like, oh, how long? They're like, oh, three minutes this. And he's like going through his CD. He's like, right, three minutes, 15. That's what you got. They all run into the bank and he mm. puts the music on and he's just like, like proper synchronized with the music, doing the wiper blades and all that. And then at one point, like the security walks past him and you see him get cardboard at like, I don't know, picking someone up or, or, or broken down. And he's trying to like figure it out. And he puts like a, a driver's cap on and he's just there by the, uh, like by the car that walks by waves and they move on and he just carries on dancing in the car and as soon as the song ends everyone from the bank robbery comes in and they drive off it's it's a like for like intro to the film man and awesome. you know, love seeing that inspiration pop up I, that was the, my favourite video I watched of his of when I was doing the research nice I'll give you a watch yeah. Uh, it's a fun bouncy song as well uh but the directing wise i'm like oh my god this is scene for scene and obviously it's his own work that's cool so the next one is 2000 same year so we've done two videos in the same year excuse me this is called psychosis safari by the 80s matchbox beeline disaster this is another video Pardon? 80s Matchbox Beeline Disaster. Yeah, it's the 80s Matchbox Beeline Disaster. That's the band name. That's so bad. This is, I know. But I'm going to describe it to you and you're going to understand that the name does match the video because it's another video made between the conclusion of Space and Shaun of the Dead. Psychosis Safari is a ridiculously fun piece of punk delivering around 95% of the inventive visuals of Queens of the Stone Age's classic No One Knows music video at a fraction of the cost. Wright has crammed his video with tons of creative effects, stop motion, animation, rotoscoping, and uh, Fork's 3D special effects that impressively give the video more cohesion rather than less. Wright delivers a cartoonish acid trip about a hard rock band ruling the open world. Um, I, I don't have to describe it anymore. It's exactly that. It is very trippy and fast-paced, but it makes sense. It, it's not choppy. It doesn't throw you out. But with a like the 80s matchbox beeline disaster it matches the theme very well nice okay <laughs> i can imagine that being quite a challenge like if you're if you're making a film or show based off of a, 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 a like a source material you're taking the essence of it but to make a music video you're literally taking someone's rhythm and vibe and trying to match it with the techniques that you know how to do that must mm -hmm. be quite a, a creative challenge but a nice expressive way because it's not yeah. your, it's i not think your for most people that would be kind of hard right but i think edgar wright has such a way with his movies and shooting scenes i think he's just naturally very good at syncing up the beats to the action on screen so everything yeah. syncs in yeah. that kind of way because a lot of his films have True. that same kind of style right and that's one of like the defining things that when i see a movie and i see that kind of that synchronization between what's coming on screen and the music that i'm hearing that's like a very Edgar Wright thing that pops up into my head. So yeah. maybe he's just he's just naturally good at it. Maybe that's why he, he plays on it because he does it better than than most. Definitely maybe. a talent. Yeah, he edits yeah. it like um like how you'd edit a trailer. 
Like, you know yes, how like yeah, trailer yes. is all like dum dum da da dum da da dum. You know, he will literally do that exact thing, but in a film. And it like you, yeah. you know, for most uh, directors, it would throw you off, but mm-hmm. he kind of nails it when he does. Even it. in um, yeah. again, like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and uh, the World's End, the fight scenes like to the music. Yeah, 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 yeah pretty yeah. synced. Yeah, oh, yes. especially yeah. the I, cues at the end. Of yeah, that's the yeah. 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 Oh, shit. Yeah. No more. <laughs> we'll get done for copyright. <laughs> okay, so don't drop my cow. Don't drop that cow. So now we move on to 2005, which is a year after Shaun of the Dead and a little bit behind uh, before Hot Fuzz. And this is called Summer by Charlotte Hatterley. And this is someone he's worked with a few times. Um, so if you come looking for a little bit of Scott Pilgrim versus the world in Wright's music videos, what better place to work out some of your ideas for a modern rock band? You'll find what you're looking for in his collaborations with Hatterley, Hatherley. I do apologize with the pronunciations. Um, so Summer still shows off some of the aesthetic rock band concepts that Wright would bring with him to that film in, in Scott Pilgrim, including more whip pans than you can shake a stick at, and the same animated sound effects present throughout Pilgrim itself. Mm. Of the nice. same year, with the same artist, he made another video with her um, called Bastardo. Bastardo. And again, this is much more to Pilgrim sort of style because this is a comic book paneling that existed in Bastardo would go on to influence the visual effects work on Scott Pilgrim. And with YouTube uh, Nerdwriter's channel breaking down Wright's penchant for transitions and comic book format to Bastardo, each panel on Bastardo contains everything you need to know about the progression of the story. It's often funny and sometimes silly, but with each image like a short live action sequence, um, you have... And, and you have one of Wright's famous elliptical sequences. The headache-inducing editing also serves as the perfect reference point for Baby Driver, with a cast including David Williams, Julia Davies, Lucy Davies, Lauren Laverne, Alice Lau, and Simon Pegg. So now we started to bring it into the music video. And Sweet. this literally is, for the Bastardo one, a very choppy, fast-paced comic book style of music where it kind of almost moves down a panel of pages and it's only the artist that's moving and all the rest are like in frozen poses like aha oh ho but she's the only one singing and looking at the camera that's a video oh, okay it's quite it's quite funky it's really really funky i must admit um and he worked with this artist in the same year and made these videos with her in the same year but very different styles but really feeding is sort of a film directing i bet um these were very lucrative for him as well, like filming a music video. Yeah, that makes well, a fair amount of money quite quick. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna touch on that a little bit at the end in trivia uh, phrase because he does mention that the money side of, of the music videos, but I won't go into it because mm-hmm. we're at the last music video he made. So two thousand and five was that one. Now we jump almost ten years, and I'm just gonna synchronize this with the films. So after the world's end, but before Baby Driver. In 2014, and I did not know this, he made the music video Gust of Wind by Pharrell Williams. Hmm. He directed a Pharrell Williams hmm. song. So 
this is a bit of a strange one because the, the video is a forest based sort of video choreograph of dancing women behind a singing Pharrell with uh daft punk monuments like statues and heads like they kind of chime in for their parts of singing okay. it's directing wise it's not very Edgar Wright and consider that it's taken almost nine years to get back to uh, making a video I think because it's probably Daft Punk and Pharrell when it was that stage where they were collaborating. I feel like he the wouldn't have had much creative he control. Didn't, yeah, he didn't have that wiggle mm. room. But there is a little mm. bit of rights flair on display in this video. The choreography and synchronization with the music, the clapping hands in the foreground, the background of the dancers, the giant floating Daft Punk mon monuments, and the and I'm going to hopefully pronounce this, the Wuxia inspired dance sequences, which is Wuxia is the you know, like this sort of Chinese fiction of people doing like superhero feats of like they're like running along the, the top of the bamboo trees, like mm. doing jumps and movements, like choreography. Uh, that's called that's called wuxia, sort of like the what's the film with the sword, man? I've forgotten the film now. I always think of that one. Hidden Dragon. Oh, great film. Yes, yeah, of that style. I didn't know that sort of a genre is called wuxia, which is is actually spelt W U X I A. Uh, so again, very Edgar Wright-ish One of the things Edgar Wright Reflected on this video is And to quote him, that there isn't a lot of Money to be made in music videos anymore So directors make them more out of passion Than anything else This was Wright's first one in nearly a decade And his first after his infamous Cornetto trilogy oh, So that was the part I was mentioning So yeah, there isn't apparently a lot of money It's just passion projects Oh, fair Mad hmm. I guess it is good practice, isn't it, as well? Like, realistically, you get good exposure because everyone's going to see, you know, most people were watching music videos back then. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Good editing and directing, nice little three, three and a half minute piece. Good practice. Yeah. Mm. And he's like making movies. Mm. Yeah. And he's brought in a lot of his OG cast as well. And I can imagine yeah. that when your name is on the song, for the video, I'm sure you've got you, you're making connections as it is with all these sort of people. Like I'm sure like sound editors and directors and whatnot. But it's almost almost to say, hey, I, can I use that song? I'm already kind of been, I'm already part of the system, part of the mm. sort of creation of it. Like you might have a bit more of a window into collaborating and taking on songs into yeah. your films. That's a good point. And he does yeah. love having music in his film. So yeah, make the connections. Yeah, it's good. Point. Yeah. yeah. But I would honestly say, guys, and I will even send you the link after. Please watch the um. The blues song by Mint Royale, man. If you you've all watched the intro, Baby Driver, it is light for light, but it's so fun. They do it so well. Yeah, I'm gonna have a little YouTube binge after this. Yeah, <laughs> Go for it, man. How, uh, what are we how are we doing on time? No idea. Um, it hasn't come up with a ten minute yet, warning so. yet. So, so now we come to the last segment, which is Edgar Wright trivia. Have a I haven't gone through everything, um, but I've just gone through sort of the top stuff and the stuff that I found the most interesting. Now, you guys need to watch this because I watched this and it was fucking hilarious. In 2020, that I'm, if I'm understanding this correctly, no, I think it re-came re in 2020. There may be something happening with it, but in 2007, sorry, Wright wrote and directed a fake trailer insert for Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez's grindhouse called Don't. 
yes, we're back to we're back to Quinton. This trailer is hilarious. It's one of his like same cast, but it's like it's so much of a fun parody. I'll send you the link because it wasn't actually easily uh, available, and it's just like you know, do you want to go into the house at night? Don't. Do you want to do this? Don't. And it just gets faster and faster. And it's just like very graphic and very horror Like, do you want to go for a walk in the woods? Don't. And it just keeps going. And it's just, it's just hilarious, man. <laughs> it is a pop plotless trailer that mocked horror cliches featuring Nick Frost, Jason Isaacs, Matthew McFadden, uh, Rafe Spall, Lee Ingleby, Mike Gattis, Michael Smiley, Peter Serafonowicz, Stuart Wilson, Will Amet, Will Arnett, sorry, Katie Malua, Lucy Punch, Daisy Haggard, Emily Booth, Georgina Chapman, uh, Mayanna Buring, Nicola Cunningham, and of course, Simon Pegg. Jesus, a big cast. Big cast, Jeez. but it is so good. I've even I've even made a copy of the link. I will send it to you because it's like two, three minutes, but it was hilarious, but I found it amazing that it was, he made a spoof trailer for a Quentin Tarantino and Rodriguez film of Grindhouse, which is a, a known horror movie at the time. Mm. Amazing. What made um, him do that? It's so bizarre. And then like, gonna... obviously pay all these people. Well. If he did, uh, maybe they've done it as favours. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they were just having a laugh. Yeah, maybe it's done it for fun, isn't it? Well, just a side note, guys. I love how Rick Esch and Fraser are slowly becoming less and less visible as the night. Because they haven't turned their light on. Yeah, I, I can't really move because whenever <laughs> I move my laptop, it says like connection unstable. When you guys, Fraser, it's now. scary, bro. Because you look nocturnal, bro. All your I eyes. can see is your shiny <laughs> eyes. <laughs> Fraser is just like cool it's just. It. All you see is, is the reflection on his glasses. That's it. That's what it's like a wolf coming over, like approaching me in the yeah. dark. It's terrifying. Well, I think it's. Cool. I don't like it. <laughs> it is cool, but I can't look. It's, it's, the, it's a ref- it's a reflection on my glasses. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can kind of see my teeth sometimes. I've oh it. my god, I see him. <laughs> it looks like a little face. Hey, I don't guys. see it. I don't that's see adorable. it. <laughs> that's that's terrifying, bro. It is both terrifying um, and adorable. To kind of touch on why he may have done it, uh, Edgar Wright is actually a close friend of writer-director Quentin Tarantino. Oh yeah, I think I remember seeing that. I have well, no uh, idea that they would have ever made a connection, but how? I think yeah. I don't know how, but for two people with such a specific style of directing and love for movies, That's I would love to see them. Yeah, it, it makes sense, but I would still love to see them in the room and just hear his, just hear their conversation. Mm. It's fascinating to me. And they're never going to collab now. Or maybe they will. Maybe, or maybe they will. Maybe they will. When I looked at, when I looked at Don't, the trailer says 2007, but it also popped up in 2020. And for Don't in 2020, it said, unfortunately, specific details or a comprehensive summary of the horror, horror short film directed by Edgar Wright as part of the Anorin Bernard's Panic Button series are not readily available. So it seems like he did go from spoof to making a short episode of something. The short film may feature suspenseful storytelling, creative visuals, and a horror-themed narrative. That's what 2020 was looking like. I don't know oh. if it is being made, but that's what was being rumoured at the time. Hmm. Oh, interesting. 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 We have seven tra- and a half minutes, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Well, these are all these are all trivia tidbits, so we can stop at any point. Um, 
So in 2002, Wright apparently asked Simon Pegg to turn down a role in Dog Soldiers, which is a 2002 horror movie about a troop of soldiers falling prey to a pack of vicious werewolves. Uh Fraser, I can see that now. As Wright wanted Pegg's first role in a horror film to be Shaun of the Dead. And he did turn it down. And he did Shaun of the Dead. That's a very good choice. That's a lot of faith. Yeah, but he worked to ask an actor to turn down a job to do their work. I mean, I'm yeah, kind of savage. Sure, but... the dead is like, whoa, not one of Simon Roll Simon Pegg's breakout roles, but it was it a was. big role thing that kind of put him on the map. No, Sean of the Dead was his was his main breakout. Yeah, role. I think it was his big one, wasn't it? Because I don't remember him space, before that really. Space, space was before. Yeah. Mm. So the space was a TV like show. His... And Dog Soldiers wasn't really break out anything, I don't think. No, it didn't really I've do a break out anything. I didn't really yeah. hear of it. But I mean, it's like, do you want to be a part of a film or do you want to be in the center of the film? Yeah, exactly. And I think he established his no style. Yeah, 100%. But at the time, it might not have been. But like you guys said, that's faith. And I'm sure that because yeah, they wrote together as well. So they became friends and collaborators personally and professionally. So we're sure that made dead, a good choice. Uh, Oh, definitely. 100%. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Thing, on, like, on the darkest timeline, Simon Pegg would have said no and went did, and did um, the dog soldiers, and then we would never would have got the Coordinator trilogy. And then he would have become. None, um, I can't remember his name, don't worry. Joke's gone. James Corden. That's what I was going to say. Shit. James Corden. Would have gone straight to Hollywood and become a knob. <laughs> a lot of people don't like him for some odd reason. Like even in America now, there's a lot of people saying apparently he's very rude. Is the rumors of James Corden? I think he's just very business. Like everything has to be money ready and running. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. I think. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Four minutes so, left. So in 2015, and this is in between. So between the world's end and baby driving, something we mentioned. So I'm going to read a little touch on it. So in 2015, Wright dropped out of the director's position for Ant-Man after developing the film for over 10 years due to creative differences between himself and Mark. He is still credited as a screenwriter and story writer. So he was quite heavily involved. Um, And just to add on a bit more, um, while not a full-length film, Edgar Wright actually did direct a test reel for Marvel uh, for the superhero film Ant-Man. The test reel demonstrated the potential visual style and tone of the character's cinematic adaptation, featuring a small-scale adventure involving the shrinking superhero. As Marvel further defined their image for the MCU, the film eventually got directed by Payton Reed and released in 2015. So it didn't match their, obviously, their cinematic universe image and theme. And from what Wright is saying, friction between him and the studio was like, well, fuck this. I'm out. But he was on it and involved and attached to this IP for 10 years. And that's why he's still credited, because a lot of his Uh, ideas did transfer over. Hmm. Yeah, dude. A decade's worth of work just to be like, nah, fuck it. As as Marvel fans, we kind of have to go... It, they had a, they've had that plan. Like Ant Man was a very key part in their end, literal endgame. So I guess you kind of have to go, uh, Edgar. We love this vibe, but that that part of the story has to change a bit. And then all of a sudden, you're changing quite a yeah. lot. That it's yeah. aiming. You know, what, I kind of right see thing. it as well. Like in his in his friends in his like um, security 
company that he's trying to start up and then yeah when they're yeah. doing that story like oh yeah my friend yeah said, that's very that, edgar right that's way. very edgar yeah, right, yeah. I think mm-hmm. you could I think you can sprinkle it in, but I think when you're part of something developing over 10 years and other factors developing around this universe, yeah, the image is going to change. And it's natural to say, listen, man, you know, 10 years ago, you fit the role. Now it doesn't. But Edgar, um, Edgar um, Ant-Man, the, the one that we did get from Reed, has still got that bounciness compared to a lot of the other films in the MCU. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. I don't think you know, the quality of an Edgar Wright film. I'm no, saying. it kind also, it kind of it true. kind of seeps in because I think all right. Let's put it this way: if Edgar Wright did direct Ant Man within the current MCU, do you feel like he would have been mismatched, or do you feel like he would have been the sort of James yeah. Gunn Guardians? Like, oh, this is different and weird, but it yeah. works. Mm, do you think it no. would have stood its own place? Regardless, yeah, I think yeah, I think it would have had to been its own story, just yeah. separate. You know, like Guardians One was basically separate. I know it had like uh, Thanos in it briefly, but yeah. yeah, it was very standalone. I think, yeah, I think you're right. It would have been like that. So Wright is a huge fan of Romero's zombie films and his film Shun the Dead is filled with references to them. He also made a cameo appearance also along the star and co-writer of Shun the Dead, Simon Pegg, in George Romero's fourth zombie film, Land of the Dead, 2005. So him and Pegg actually Land starred Land of the Dead uh, in 2005. So... Yeah, they um, Wright and Peg cameoed in Romero's fourth zombie film. Imagine having someone you look up to and then kind of awesome. go, "Yeah, you've earned my respect and my uh, my attention." Come Pretty in. Pretty cool. Never seen it though. Never that heard of cool. it. No, I've never heard of it. Land of the Dead. That's pretty cool though. That's pretty cool. It is. Mm. Um, so a couple of other things that he was almost attached to is Russell T Davies offered Wright the job to direct Doctor Who. Um, episode rose, but he had to turn it down as he was already busy directing Shaun of the Dead. So he could have established himself as a Doctor Ru- Doctor Who director. Oh, thank you know. God he didn't. I don't think he's British. missing out. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would have no, but I think to have your name attached to, I think those sort of British standalone media of like James Bond and mm. you know, like it's not necessarily about quality. It's more like your name being it's on your resume. It represents your whole nation. It was Christopher Eccleston back then as well, wasn't it? As Doctor Who, and that was a lot edgier. That was mm-hmm. a lot, like, yeah, a lot darker. Could have been cool. It but Shaun of the Dead, cool. I mean, wouldn't trade that off. No, <laughs> no, 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 not uh, at all. No. Sure. I think uh, sure. Edgar Wright's made the right decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, Edgar Wright actually has a brother called Oscar Wright, and <laughs> he is a yes. Sorry. He is a titles designer, music video director, and animator. He studied he studied model making for the effects industry at the Kent Institute for Art and Design. Mm. From there, he worked in-house at Ealing Studios, where he drifted into 2D animation. Some of his some of his works consist of Wonder Woman, Solo, a Star Wars story, and his brother's films, The World's End and Hot Fuzz. Mm. Nice. So it seems like it's a bit of a family passion and family vibe that they both collabed. And moved yeah, on with this together. Their music videos as well. It's kind of strange. Do you reckon did they do the music videos for the other like the ones you mentioned, the seven they did, did, he, did he like did, collab? No, he did uh in his uh in Oscar Wright's IMDB and his works, nothing was mentioned about music videos. It was literally just about sort of title designs and okay. he didn't mention because if he's also doing music video directing, I don't think he would have collaborated with his brother because his brother's doing the same job in that moment. They would have been doing mm. separate I thought maybe they might, might help each other. Yeah, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Possibly, possibly, bro. Mm. So we've mentioned the word Cornetto trilogy, but we don't ask why. We know that the Cornetto is coming from the Italian ice cream, very heavy, you know, quite famous in the UK, and it's it's heavily featured in each of these films in each trilogy. There's always at least a scene where they go into the shop to get one and sit down and eat. But did you know that each flavor of Cornetto in each film corresponds with the film as well? No. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. Fuzzles the Nil. Sean of the oh, Dead. Is it don't guess it. I'm reading it. <laughs> but you actually can guess it if you want. But um, okay, let's put this but way. This... What, what flavor did Sean of the Dead have? Strawberry. No, I, I'm not. Strawberry mm-hmm. is correct because the red signifies blood. Blood. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Oh. Hot fuzz, hot fuzz. What flavor would you guys say for that one? That was vanilla for sure. That was vanilla. With and nuts. That was that was <laughs> that was <laughs> that was vanilla. No nuts because uh, ah. the blue and the white is the color of the police. Right, vanilla, blue and white. Yeah, it is. Like the, the 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 color of vanilla is blue. The, the, the traditional the blue. Packaging on the, on the actual cornetto. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not blue on the ice cream. No, that's that's like, that's cool. That's, that's, that's not ice cream. <laughs> that's what? the bad ice cream. That's and the one I got what, told off for eating. What? Have Breaking you never had a, have, have you never had a hairy ice cream? Oh. <laughs> depends on how many times you dropped it. Huh? In, inside jokes. Inside jokes. It's oh. a three-second rule. Just depends on how many times you keep dropping it. But um, and what flavor would be the world's end? Mm. Mint. This one was a bit mint. Green for aliens. Boys, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, mint, green mint chocolate yes. signifying oh, no. a sci- sci-fi element. So the name, the Cornetto Trilogy, and the idea actually originates from just a silly joke during the promotion of Hot Fuzz. Um, so technically, he wasn't calling it the Cornetto Trilogy from Shaun the Dead. It just happened to keep... It was a joke that happened on Hot Fuzz, and it became part of it. And uh, Wright had written in the use of Cornetto ice cream as a hangover cure for Frost character in Shaun of the Dead, <laughs> just based on his own experience. So the first Cornetto was just his own tidbit of his own life. And then it was like, well, actually, this is a joke. And they must have had a private joke and fed it into hot bars in the world's end. And it became the Cornetto trilogy. Like that. Oh, cool. Oh, Do you know what? I, I thought it was like a fan thing. I thought it just kind of sprung up. I, I, I thought at one point, that. yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize yeah. that it was something they kind of pushed themselves. I thought people just kept seeing it, but I think the way they planned it so well with the flavors, it's mm-hmm. like, no, it was well too thought out. But it did happen organically, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. It wasn't planned from the beginning. That's actually really cool. It mm. is. These are fun films. The trivia deserves to be fun. Mm. So, mm. um, according to Simon Pegg, Hot Fuzz was always the top choice for the film's title, with the only other contender being Blue Fury. Yeah, I remember that. It's it's just a terrible name. Yeah. Uh, But they say, even though it was there, they're like, no, Hot Fuzz was always the one. Meanwhile, Shaun of the Dead was originally titled Tea Time of the Dead. Oh, dear. (laughs) So British and so... I mean, yeah, it's very British. Yeah, I like it. Whilst the world's end never changed. It was a name close to Wright and Peg's heart as they had a long history at the North London Camden pub of the same name, which we oh. have all been to, yeah. including 
including filming the Ali gunfight in Space next door. So the film's name is inspired from the Camden pub itself. And I have been oh. there. And I, I, I connected the dots the wrong way around going, oh my God, that pay, that pub is like the film's name. Crazy. It does exist in the Garden City as well. Yeah, yeah, it, you know, it's it's quite a common name, but it's mm. they had their experiences, both of them in in Camden, which I fucking love Camden. It's like one of the few things in London that I do love that nowhere else has. So yeah, imagine if they'd filmed it there. <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be that would have been cool. Filmed an alleyway scene in yeah, from so, space. Um, yeah, so from space they filmed. Oh. Just, I happened to film a particular scene, not in the pub, next door, like in the alleyway. So they yeah. were filming in the area and obviously i can imagine them just kind of getting like wrapping up and just be like well let's let's go to the pub next door mm-hmm. i think i went to i went to a big fucking names i went to a live rock gig there with someone i can't remember but i remember passing through i went in there once because i always walk past it and always thinking it looks cool it's the same name of the film now not not knowing how iconic and connected it is and i thought let me just walk in the fucking pub to say i've done it and i walked in and bought a drink so um so originally the world's end was gonna end and i've heard of this before with the titular character gary king going back in time to rejoin his younger friends but Wright reflected it just felt like it was too late to introduce that and if you're going to make a film about time travel it might as well be the entire film Mm, yeah i guess i did i did hear about this alternative ending and i'm so glad they didn't go with it like i'm not necessarily completely psyched about the ending but i'm kind of i enjoy it as an apocalyptic film where they're like okay it wasn't humanity's heart that saved it and their courage and their flaws it's like no things got fucked they left the world collapsed and he just carried on with the, a brand new tro- troop of people yeah that's that's the parallel for that isn't it because um it was a it's like like a new young group that he was telling the story to wasn't it yeah. at the yeah. end of the film it kind of ends because even like the whole trope of like, oh, his best friends, like some of them that died, stayed dead. Some of them that just were replaced by the aliens, just carried on their lives like that. It didn't really mm-hmm. give what we would call like the whole like Dan Harmon circle of a story or the wheel. Mm. It's just more, I, I respect it for it and I enjoy it. And I don't think it's a bad ending. It's just not what you would always expect. Mm. You've got to try new things in it. And then sometimes they, they're winners, which most of the time they were. And sometimes they just don't quite work. But I mean, yeah, it's still a good film. Still a good film. No, just I wasn't... think when you didn't, when, when you put all, didn't all the end of the world's end finished like we were like when like whoever was left on Earth, they it kind of turns like a game show, like it was on Shaun of the Dead. They kind of took like the the other people and like turned them into like game show kind of contestants and were like just doing like just fucked up shit with them. No, 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 no. It, I know what you're talking about. I think it shows moments of that because it tried to show that the aliens left over behind were kind of like integrating themselves into society and pop culture, but it wasn't it the world didn't change in that way. It would just showed them like you had scenes of them like eating and drinking with their families. And it's like, well, they're aliens and robots, but we they've been accepted by society. There's a co there's a cohesion now. Maybe I'm just remembering that wrong. I don't remember any of this room. ending. I, I remember that. I, I um, it's not a strong film that I watch enough times. But I do remember the scene that Rick's talking about. But I think it's like tidbits to reflect, hmm. like almost yeah. like a compilation, just to kind of show, like, hey, this is where society's kind of moved. Oh yeah, with, yeah, with, yeah, with these people. Yeah, it's mm. like an epilogue kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Sort of the the wind down, the transition out into the epilogue. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, long before um, the Cornetto trilogy, as we know, Wright, Peg, and Frost worked together on a Channel 4 sitcom called Space. In one of the episodes, and I think I've seen this pop up, Peg's character, Tim, takes speed and stays up all night playing Resident Evil 2. This unfortunate combination causes him to hallucinate about killing zombies. This particular bit or scene was inspired by Romero's iconic Dead trilogy, for which Peg and Wright had a mutual appreciation. Filming that particular sequence is what inspired them to create their own zombie movie about two bumbling idiots in the middle of a zombie um, zombie outbreak of Shaun of the Dead. And this wow. is something they worked on together. Yeah. Oh. Mm. And Just that was one of the idea. scenes... That was one of the scenes I remember popping up on like sort of like for music and being like, what the fuck am I watching? This guy is like supposedly on speed, flashing lights, zombies coming out of the apartment. And I'm like, I don't get it. Like I'm watching this with Simon Pegg because I recognize it and I like his films. But what am I ingesting right now? It was so <laughs> weird. But I'm, I've watched that scene. Oh, mad. Not that mad. I mean, you can watch it on YouTube, but, you know, mad. Yeah, and it kind of goes to show that, like Shaun of the Dead, the rest of the Cornetto trilogy, um, as much as it was Edgar Wright, it was Simon Pegg alongside of him, helping him write the films as well. Like, he was heavily involved. So there was a lot of creative collaboration and control. And I think you can really kind of build that teamwork in them. Like, I I can imagine that, like our podcast, you find people that you click with and vibe with, you want to work with them more. And I can imagine that in certain, something you're going to create and show to other people on a mm-hmm. much bigger yeah. scale that you would want yeah. to do that. Mm. Last three, boys. I know it's going to be a sad ending, but it's the last three ever. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. So the town in which Hot Fuzz was filmed, which we mentioned, was actually the town that Edgar Wright grew up in. Oh. Ah. Yes. Okay. That's your link. Absolutely. Mm. So the little cathedral city in the southwest of England called Wells, not nice. Wales. He said Wells in the Scottish accent. I'm come coming from Wells. Um, <laughs> that is <was> located. Welsh. <laughs> that was Welsh actually. <laughs> I'm coming from Wells. I'm coming is, from Wells. I am. Is located in the county of Somerset. This is where Wright grew up, and where he even made his first short amateur film called Dead Wright, as we mentioned above, in '93, when 18 years old. So that village that he's wrecking up, and he did apparently go to other villages and towns and ask, and they were like, no, you can't come and fucking shoot a film here because you've got to shut down the whole thing. And he was like, oh, right, yeah. let me go let me go back home. Imagine going back to your hometown, your street, and being like, listen, we want to shut it down and film whatever, carnage, chaos, and comedy on your doorstep. Coming back, I mean, especially you think to that was town, his last resort? No, I don't think it was a last resort. I think it was more... A circumstantial idea of well okay you know we've gone on to certain scenes and certain sets and it's okay they've said no they said no hey actually what about if we go back home because it's, it ticks all the boxes of what we need mm-hmm. i think the and only i bet they were like that... celebrities as well like to the That's hometown in it like come, come, you know you well, be like yeah come and film a film like film you, re- film. you represent you represent us and you, you know you were making a film at 18 running down the street and now you're doing this you know you're, <laughs> you're kind of you're known throughout the world or through your country Absolutely, come represent. Yeah, that's true. I think the only thing they mentioned with the, going back to this um, that town is 
it's a cathedral city, meaning there's a big, very large cathedral, and they said they had to CGI uh, the cathedral out of the lot of scenes. So we won't notice it, but it's because it's not something we added in, but more retracted. CGI. Because it's, wow. it's made to look a lot smaller, where they've kind of CGI'd okay. the cathedral and a lot of other buildings out. Hmm. So, jumping uh, to the pub, to the world's end. All of the pubs found throughout the world's end are real locations located throughout the quaint English towns of Wellin. Garden City and Letchworth Garden City. Both of which had a gap between Welling and Garden City. Is Welling Garden City? Do you know why? Do you know why I had a gap? In brackets, I had to write the pronunciation, so I was like Welling a Garden no, City. It's not Wellwin. <laughs> yeah, it's not Wellwin. It's not Wellwin. It's it's Welling Garden City and Letchworth Garden City. We'll just say I I I, I lagged. Okay, fuck you guys. <laughs> Um, both of which are located in the county of Hertfordshire. Most of them are real pubs, including the Gardener's Arms in uh, Letchworth, which stood in for the which stood in for the titular World's End pub. Yeah. Wright and his team got creative with a few others. For example, the hole in the wall is actually the Letchworth railway station. Which I don't know how that worked. They made a pub from a railway station. No, I think and... it's the pub called the Letchworth railway station. That is, I, I don't know, that's possibly... that makes more sense. That makes more sense. <laughs> and the pub that they also made up, The Mermaid, is an art deco theatre in Letchworth called the Broadway Cinema. So they took a theatre as well and turned it into a pub. Okay. That sounds cool. Yeah. Mm. I like Easier the idea. Turn into a set. You, much easier, but you all have. It's, it's, I think it's just like the, the pros and cons of it's a real place, so everything's there. But the other side of it is we need permission. Mm-hmm. to go in and yeah. affect it Film shut more. it down and... pay people off so it's like making it your making your own set you've got more creative control like in a sound stage but if you as a viewer you know it's just not as real there's something just not as grounded mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean if you're putting someone place. through the bar or something like if there's an action scene you can't yeah. have a real bar you'll you won't go through it <laughs> you, exactly. if you can make your own one somewhere else yeah but on the backhand of it especially with a successful film um it makes the place more iconic. You could literally put a picture and a plaque of that person and that film and that scene. And even if it's not a pub, people will want to come and see it, you know? Mm, definitely. True. It, it bolsters his prep. And to bring us to our last little bit of trivia, Wright actually has a voice cameo in The World's End when the main character, Gary King, goes to convince his old friend, Stephen to join uh, the childhood mission pub crawl. You know, in the scene where he goes to the building site? Yeah. And his friend's got like, yeah. a hard hat on. He's like the, the manager of the building site. It's like a small scene. Mm-hmm. Is when he's doing the, the montage of going to each friend in their workplace. So when he's at the building site, you can hear a digger stop, uh, a digger drop his bricks and shout, oh, for fuck's sake. And that was right, who shouted that on set. Nice. <laughs> nice. So he carried it. Was it planned? It was planned. It oh, was okay. like a, yeah. a, I don't know if it was planned for him, but it was just a sort of like, yeah, someone's gonna drop something in the background and just exclaim. And right was like, I'll be the guy. Oh, nice. 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 And that is it, my friends. That is the end of today's body uh on Edgar Wright's GG Claps, GG Claps The homage to Edgar Wright. I think there can never be enough said, but I think the best thing I could say is at this point, you can stop listening and just go watch these films. All right, see ya. I was, no, 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 not you guys. Wait, wait, wait.
guys thank you for listening to another episode of red tracks on as always i have been sirhan as always i have been charlie as always i have been rick and as always i have fraser